Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are back after an exhausting but amazing set of four games. Uh, how are you, me old mate, Mick? Yeah, good. Like, as I've been saying for probably a month now, finally, finals is here and it's uh, first round lived up to expectations. Um, really good games of footy. So, doing well, mate. It was nice to have four games to watch and they all delivered. Yeah, I mean, we're so, still yeah, in. How are you tracking? Well, we're still in COVID hell. Um, we're still still in lockdown. But um, yeah, look, this, this was amazing. This was, I think, we'll get into it, obviously, but the Collingwood West Coast game in particular. All four games were really good. I really enjoyed them, and there's definitely heaps to chat about with all four. But that last game, to me, is ironically, I think it's the best game since the 2018 Grand Final where they, they played, obviously, in that game as well. And over the last five years, ten years, like, it's it's up there. Like, it's definitely not the absolute best game. But if you're listing best games you've ever seen over the last 20 years... Gee, it's got to it's got to be in the top twenty or thirty, easy. Like it, it just had absolutely everything. Um, yeah, absolutely, I agree. It had like ten ends to it. Like it just kept going. Um, it was just incredible to watch. But anyway, we'll obviously get into that. But this episode, the bulk of it, obviously, is going to be the, as the title suggests, uh, a big review, and then we'll do a preview of the um, the next two finals in a separate episode as well. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hops the Home. Hops the Home is a craft beer delivery service. Really delicious, fresh craft beers delivered to your door. Uh, they curate packs of cans in um, tens or twenties, and they ship them out to your door. You can pause it, you can resume it at any time. Uh, there's some breweries that you might have heard of, but then there's a stack that you wouldn't have heard of as well. So it's really, really switched on uh, beer delivery service. And right now with COVID, it's a good one to get on top of. Not a big company yeah, as well. well. Very switched on. That's it, and with the warmer weather, I mean, beer's good any time of the year, but uh, especially coming into into summer, daylight savings, all that type of stuff, uh, what better time to get beer delivered to your door than now, so jump on board. I do feel like beer more. Like I, like if you look at the, the consumption rates in Australia and like, you know, even like Dan Murphy's numbers and stuff like that, it does go up like significantly over summer i do feel like it more as yeah. much as like i do really like that's the thing and they, i think what that's what's good about their service they do kind of curate it seasonally as well like they won't kind of stack you know pails and ipas and all that sort of stuff right in the middle of winter they'll add other stuff in there i've got a milk stout i haven't had a chance to drink yet and a whole bunch of bits and pieces yeah. porters and all that sort of stuff but um yeah no i, I yeah particularly in the last two days when it's been a bit Finally, we've got some decent weather. Um, it has been really enjoyable. But, yeah, hopstone.com.au. Also, check out Beyond the Game TV, um, a partner of ours, uh, really switched on sports um, production company. Um, he does a lot of his own content as well. So, Beyond the Game TV on Facebook and YouTube. Um, yeah, obviously, we would normally, as long-time listeners will know, we, we do stuff, um, you know, in Ed's studio. Like, I don't know how that's going to happen ongoing now. But either way, we um, will, you know, continue to keep being involved with Ed and, Hopefully, at some point, we can, you know, work with him a bit closer. Um, it's all very kind of informal and remote, which is a bit of a shame, but that's okay. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, please check out Beyond the Game TV. But uh, it's, it's, it still is a bit strange, but it's weird, though. I'm almost kind of used to this now, us just chatting over Zoom, which is a bit, you know, of a drainer, but I'm kind of used to it, really, now. I don't know. About, are you, do you, does this feel normal now, like the amount of, like, Zooming no. we're doing? Still not normal? No. No. No, nothing. I've been on I've been on planet Earth for too many years for this to stay normal. Well, it's, like I, the, it's like the mask. It's like the mask, and I a couple of times now, 
I patted it around my neck and walked into places without putting it over because it's just so unnatural. Well, the mask, the mask is weirder, I guess, because I was already doing, like I work for a company remotely, so I was already doing a lot of Zoom anyway. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I, I don't know. That probably hasn't bothered me so much. Anyway, let's get into the game. So we've got four very big games to get through. Last Thursday, we saw Port Adelaide and the Geelong Cats. Uh, wowee. So we, I think, both went with Geelong. Memory, yeah, well, yeah. I, I definitely went. I think I, I did as well. On. I, I, I thought that this is the year where they'll just take that little monkey off their uh, back that they've had around finals. Um, yeah, not to disregard, disregard or disrespect Port Adelaide. Uh, I just thought this Geelong team, um, with, with danger field in there, uh, in particular, is sort of to a lesser degree a bit like LeBron James in the NBA. He just seems to want success more than. Than any other player, and I thought that would be enough to get drawn over the line. But uh, here we are uh, with the Port Adelaide getting through to the prelim and well deserved. He didn't actually play that well, which we'll obviously get into. No. But um, we'll start with start with Port, and um, we try and start with the winners. But I mean, the first thing, <clears throat> the crowd like was unbelievable, and that was why I think I was a little bit tempted to go for Port. I think I'm with you though. Like I, I thought Chris Scott's you know criticism after the game saying, oh, it's a lazy criticism to, you know, bring up their finals record. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, the record's not great. And every every one of those games, there's a quarter where the team goes completely missing. It's too long mm. to, to not now be a very clear criticism that, that actually does mean something. So that – and I think a lot of that was probably just him on the back foot, but I, I thought that was a bit a bit ridiculous. Um, it's clearly a real thing, it, and it's happened again. They've, they've fallen asleep in another final. So, yeah, it's um, it's not good. But let's let's go through Port. But I mean, I look crowd. It was a nineteenth person on the ground. Like it, it, it just this epitomised a what's been missing out of the game. I immediately enjoyed this so much more than so many of the games that that we've seen this year. I know there's been some games yeah. with crowds, but there's some that haven't. I think. Just briefly on finals, I saw a lot of people saying, is this the best final series ever and all that stuff? I, I don't think so. I'm not going to go back through the history and like compare you know, apples to apples and you know really go in the weeds. But it's more that I think the standard got so low towards the back end of the home and away that this looked so good. And it, the games were exceptional and the standard was absolutely back, particularly with the West Coast Collingwood game. That was you know, a mind-blowingly good game. And the others were very, very good as well. But I think the standard absolutely had dropped. And something that clearly has been missing is that crowd influence. They were so loud. It sounded like there were 50,000, 60,000 people. And I know the ground can't hold that many, but it was it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't say I'm not going to go back through the history books and, and watch a plethora of old football. But, no. <laughs> yeah, I think just it's the the gap between what we saw in the last two or three rounds of pre-average football um, to what we saw over the weekend it was a bigger um, sort of jump than we've seen previous years, uh, to say the least. And then obviously having, yeah, the noise in the background of um, screaming crowds, even if they are in this particular particular game, one I had uh, Port Adelaide supporters. Um, it was great. Uh, it just brings that atmosphere back to the to the game. Uh, it makes it interesting on the ground too because the players don't hear some of the umpiring decisions. And I like that. I, I like the, um, I guess, the imperfections of, of humans in sport. Um, 
I've been pretty clear um, throughout the years on this podcast that I don't agree with all the technology that's been introduced to this game. I think it ruins uh, some of it. Um, obviously, it was a fairly significant uh, decision. In the anyway, next game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about. But yeah, look, it was it was it was just good to to see um, Port Adelaide uh, again took the opportunities. Obviously, Geelong had a bit of. Uh, Bit of momentum throughout the game. They could have easily been a number of goals in front, but didn't take their chances and Port Adelaide made them pay. Yeah, well, it was a pretty classic finals loss in the end, really, in that, like, bad kicking is bad football. And so Port actually led at every break, 2-1 you know, to 1-4, 4-2 to 3-7, so terrible in the second quarter in terms of accuracy from Geelong, and then 7-4 to 4-8, and then finally 9-4, so very accurate from Port Adelaide to um, 5-12. So that's just horrendous. You're not going to win finals games playing like that. Um, no. And, I mean, it just had everything. I thought Burn Jones was fantastic. Uh, Rosie, amazing. Obviously, Motlop was was huge, punishing his old side. Um, really key goals at key times. Um, yeah, I mean, at times, Port's defence was a little bit lazy and you know, gave Geelong, that's why Geelong had so many scoring shots. But I mean, Rockliffe was huge as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried. I think Port will win the next game. Um, to be honest, I think they're going to go very, very deep now with, um, you know, with with this win. Butters just so tough. I mean, the only real that's the thing. I mean, it's all all of the the usuals. Boat just has so much time. He looks like Penelope out there now. Like he's just improved. You know, out of sight, he looks so so good. I mean, the only real negative is Dersma with the the concussion. You'd think he. I mean, with the week off, he should be okay, but you never know. It was a pretty average concussion. It was a it was a hard hit. It's pretty sickening, yeah. yeah. Like, sort of got hit high, and then not only did he hit the ground, yeah, he got the elbow in the back of the head as well. So it was a triple triple sort of knock yeah. on effect. So yeah, they'll obviously monitor that extremely carefully over over the uh, preceding week or two. Um, they won't risk him if there's um, significant. Um, bleeding or whatever, but look, it was good to see him walking around and chatting at the end of that. I, I, yeah. I was really um, concerned when I saw it, as you and I were texting during the game. I was like, "Ooh, this this looks real." I haven't seen it. He looked a, dead. I think you were saying, "Yeah, yeah." I haven't seen a KO like that um, on a footy field for a long, long time. It was, it was reminiscent of watching Mike Tyson in his heyday knocking someone out. Like the people just didn't get off the canvas. So, but he's up. He was up and um, didn't come back and play, which is even more testament to Ports. We might have one less player um, in, in such a quality player like Desma. Power Pepper, essentially three quarters. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, Power Pepper, amazing as well. I mean, the only, the only, the, I guess one of the things that you know strayed away from you know, the way Port had been playing and they had to deal with it and they did. Dixon, like Dixon was non-existent. So um, one goal on the end, no marks for the whole game, zero. I know Taylor played him very well, but, I mean, if, if you were told before the game that Dixon's, like, they wouldn't, tell, you know, someone in the time machine wouldn't tell you the result, but they were going to tell you Dixon has no marks, you'd think, geez, that that's going to make the game pretty yeah. close and are they going to win it? I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they had enough avenues towards goal. Um, you know, Motlop's so dangerous over the back, obviously, in the role that he was playing, ironically, at Geelong. Ebert, two really key goals as well, and that and that one late to, you know, the sealer. Um, Laddams, who obviously had that um, behavioural issue, and then the, 
you know, the COVID um, breach scenario and then now he's come back into it. Because that was so ridiculous at the time because it was like, is he serious? Like he's finally broken into the side and then he does something so stupid. So he's mm. back in the side and he looks he looks really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's hard not to make Jill on the story. I mean, Hartlett, I think I said about him as well. Like, we've kind of, a lot of it, you know, Burden yeah. I thought was really impressive as well. What do you think of Burden's game? I thought he was really good. Um, oh, to be honest, a lot of people said I didn't really take any notes. Yeah. I didn't think much about it. Like, I, if you ask me who the top players for Port were, he, I don't think he's in my top ten. He's good. Like he's obviously missed a lot of footy this year and last year with injuries and, and whatnot. Um, so it was good to see him out there. He's a very good decision maker. I think um, he uses the ball really well. But I guess in in, in some regards, I, I, yeah, I'm downplaying probably what his influence was on the game just because I, I I thought there was much better output from some of the other poor yeah. players you've mentioned. Most of them, um, like oh, I thought Hart was. was Fantastic! I thought Houston yeah. was um, phenomenal. Uh, Ollie Wines got was better. slow yeah. to get into, but he was brutal. I mean, he he got he's pretty understated um, the that damage he does in the middle because uh, he's not flashing. He doesn't really run or anything like that. But he was instrumental. Yeah, Pal Pepper I thought was outstanding, uh, and obviously um, Boke again. Just I didn't think such an elite player could get better. Um, the way he has this year, he's really elevated his game uh, once again. Oh, yeah, he, I, I thought he was the best on ground for me. He, yeah, I mean, he, he is incredible. Um, he's a big chance to win the Brownlow, as we've already said. Uh, I think Burton, one thing I would say, I mean, Henderson was the only player that had more marks than him. I think he had a lot of influence. It just wasn't as flashy and not as much on the ball. And when, you know, seven this year particularly have gone such, it's so hard not being at the, at the ground. But they, they go for such tight shots, which obviously makes it really hard to yeah. see the overall play. So when they did go to a wider shot, you'd be like, oh, there's Burton with the block or, you know, there's Burton at the back ready if they want to go backwards or, you know, there's Burton with that tackle or, you know, so on and so forth. Like it, was, it wasn't it was as much. Um, that's probably why I didn't feel as, as good. But I, I don't know. There was a yeah. few instances where I saw um, his effort. But yeah, it's hard with Geelong not to be a bit more of the story. But I mean, like, they started okay. Like, you know, Menegola looked really good. You know, he's obviously been in such great form. I really liked that fake deep. Like, they, they structured as if they were going to go super deep to Hawkins and then they went short to Stanley. And that, that actually really worked. I quite liked that strategy was working. Mm. Um, it wasn't going to work the whole game, but it was like with Cox in the Collingwood game. It, it just, even if you get a few goals out of him out, out of the blue, um, it's going to make it hard. But... Yeah, I mean the, the inaccuracy is the story. It's once again, it's the same. It's the same problem. Um, and unfortunately, probably for the first time really this year, that second tier um, at Geelong and the young Geelong players were missing for most of the game. Well, um, like Grime Myers, I know he was playing because he's got dreadlocks, but I didn't see him touch the ball um, except for Parfit. I, I thought they were really disappointing. Whereas. Port's young younger players, and I guess that second tier really stood up. Like Ebert, Pal Pepper, Rosie, Dersma, but like they they all had completely different games to that second tier at Geelong. So I, I think I, that needs to be turned around. Even some of their veterans, though. Like I mean, like obviously Hawkins, you know, going zero and five yeah, and one kicked, out on the fall. Is this a kicks? 
if he kicks four, then they win the game. Yeah, even if he kicks three, it makes yeah. it tight, and then maybe one of maybe Ebert feels the pressure and kicks a point late. Who knows? Like that's the thing. To be yeah. honest, I mean that that that's I know I want to put it all on Hawkins, but that was a disgrace. Like to miss to I mean particularly those two directly in front. He'd lost complete confidence. He's won the Coleman for the first time in his career. He's kicks you know nearly six hundred goals. He's directly in front. He goes for around around the corner and chips it. Shit house technique. He changed his ball drop half. It was it was absolutely crazy. It was like what is happening? This guy yeah, has played in so many high pressure situations. You know he's kicked a goal after the siren. Like this guy's you know he's played in grand finals. Like it's not it wasn't. He's played in way higher stakes games really well, and it was so strange. He he just completely he looked mentally shot, to be honest. Yeah, like that that mark uh, that he took very close um, to the to the goals, and he played on and kicked left left yeah. foot snap. I'm like, well, why would you even consider? Why would you consider that? You're not a left footer. You're so close to goals. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it was it was it was the most bizarre. Game I've seen from Tom Hawkins that I can recall, and after home. such a consistent year, like it was just so yeah. strange. Like it looked like Hawkins a few years ago, like you know, in between 2011 and now. And like I get some of the argument in that <clears throat> we were texting during the game, in that you know Port did do some of the things that we said they need to do if they're going to beat Geelong, and one of the key things yeah. was to drag Hawkins as wide as possible and make his set shots as hard as possible. It's, it's simple, yeah. but reality is create space, give another, um, you know, running defender some opportunity to exit. But if that doesn't work, at least if you're going to get a mark, if you're going to concede a mark, concede it as far away as possible and as far out as possible. And so on a like, tight, yeah. And on a tight, tight angle. angle. Yeah, exactly. Drag him to the boundary. Just keep... Because if you look... Remember um, Fox Footy had a, a graph a while ago of like, you know all the forwards of the last, like, 10 years, and they had, like, Kennedy, Buddy, you know, and, and it showed, like, in sections of the ground. Like, like if you look at a 50-metre arc like that, it had in sections of the ground the percentages in each quadrant. And I remember seeing on that, I can't give you the exact number, but, like, Hawkins was much lower that far out. Like, if he's directly... Yeah. Distance is not a problem for him. It's it's particularly particularly with um, his... Um, what's the word? Um, dexterity. Having him... On the left, particularly, way at the size, much much harder for him to go um, right to left um, in that respect. So that, so obviously that was terrible. But then also in terms of veterans, like Rowan, did he even play? Like I mean, it was it was absolutely crazy. Like another, I don't want to cook this guy, but another. He seems like such a nice guy, but another final, nothing. Like just nothing. It was always the blight on him at, at Sydney, and um, it didn't help as well. Like. Terrible timing with Selwood coming on and off the bench. I know he ended up doing his finger later on, which he's going to get surgery on now as well, which is not ideal. So surely he plays, but at the same time, like really bad bench timing as well, like really critical yep. times he was off the ground, which was really strange. I, I, I get why they dropped Jack Stephen. Like he, you know, and now, well, now it's come out that apparently he's got a, a bit of an injury cloud anyway. So that might have been why, but why not just say injury rather than omitted? But anyway, so that he was omitted, mm. and part of the reason we thought was he just doesn't defend as much and bring Atkins in. But was that the right decision? Dropping, um, I think Stanley bringing back in for sure. But then no Radicalia at times. You could have used him, but okay. But I, I don't understand that. Maybe Stevens would, if he's injured, then he's injured, then he can't play. But if he could have played at times, I, I did wonder whether this game needed a bit of that. You know, 
he's 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 won matches before. I, I don't know whether that was the right decision. Yeah, interesting one. Um, it's always a, a talking point with Geelong because they do that pretty deep as far as uh, personnel go. Yeah. I, I thought the Radnagoya drop. I thought that was the, the mistake. Yeah. Um, because yeah, Stanley and him play a similar role, but what Radnagoya does is he fills in a hole defensively better than Stanley. So I think that's that dynamic was missing from Geelong. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see what, what, what they do at the um, selection table for, for the coming coming weeks uh, game. But I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Reddick Lear back in. He's, I think he's so. so hard to ma- match up on. That's the other thing. He, he, he really needs a decent player on, on him. Otherwise, he's out the first season. will um, put Geelong in a much better position. And a fast winger they could have used in this game. Like they had at times... Partly their accuracy was just really poor, shallow entries. Um, and I know at the start that was a bit of, you know, tactics to do that. But at the same time, that's not going to work through the whole game. But to put this into perspective, uh, Hawkins in the 2019 qualifying final kicked zero goals four and one out on the fulls. And then in the, the one just gone, zero goals five and one out of the full. So, I mean, like, it's basically a mirror image. But... Yeah, I, the other thing too is just a couple of things. I think it's definitely like it felt like Chris Wallace in the presidential debates. Like the umpires lost control, like beyond belief. It was like the most like you know um, comical um, set of ten to fifteen minutes. The umpires had just completely lost control. They didn't know what they were doing. They were really intimidated by the crowd. I get they have an umpired, you know, with crowds for a while, but like Razor Ray's umpired a lot of games. Like there were moments where it's like, do these guys know what's going on? Like they like I know and. We always, you and I always have these issues where it comes to finals and the rules change. They forget about holding the ball, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Why We say this every year, why we can't just pick one or the other and just stick with it through the whole year. It was so obviously yeah. annoying. Um, there's no point going to that. But specifically on the umpires and Razor Ray as well. So Chris Scott had a go at him at halftime. And, and I can actually, look, he probably didn't go about it in the right way. Um, I mean, you know what Chris Scott's like. He was fairly aggressive. But that said... Um, you know, Razor Ray is what two foot three, and and some of his bounces were three feet in the air. Like, I mean, it was it was bizarre. Like, and Chris Scott's words were "f me" um, <laughs> before that, and then he's like, "Razor, you shouldn't." This is verbatim, but he was basically Razor, you shouldn't be bouncing the ball if you can't bounce it high enough. And I can actually understand because there was a number of times where, or it would completely disadvantage off to the side, like. And it helped them a couple of times, but then it completely did in other times. Like, it was very, very strange. Like, are they, like, that fatigued at the back end of the year? Like, what's – what? Like that seems like a pretty key thing. Uh, yeah, and then you – in the other games, the Queensland games, it's like there was a uh, trampoline in the middle of the, the ground because the ball went so high Yeah, uh, the rucks didn't know what to do. They'd meet in the middle, have to wait. Like, you'd literally see him go, when's this ball coming down? Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, I think the bounce, I'm, I'm a traditionalist in most things, but like goal kicking, these umpires, I don't know whether it's because um, they're, they're, they're quite an old group, This the yeah. senior umpires. They've been around for a long time. There's not a new um, influx of umpires coming into the system and, they might, they might be stuffed by the end of the year, but I just think throw it up. Um, it takes all the um, inconsistencies there. It makes it quite even for the rucks. Uh, 
I think the bounce is about there. time. It's, it's been yeah, it's it's been pretty horrible this year. Um, and yeah, uh, oh, speak speak a whole podcast on umpiring uh, from this round because it was pretty pretty average to say the least. And you and I have mentioned this whole like you touched on comes finals. There's a whole new set of rules, and you're like, why? It's so frustrating. I mean, we, we speak frustrating. Like, there's no need yeah. to go into it too much more because we we have speak we speak no. every year about how annoying it is. But I mean, and we have also gone into what the concern it is that there's not enough young umpires coming into the league. Like that's that's clearly a big concern. But anyway, parking all that, um, it was very strange, and it felt like I, I can't. It was the start of one of the quarters. It felt like all these games were played back to back. To be honest, but it was the start of one of the quarters. I think in the Lions Richmond game where the bounce just went bang like a bullet off to the side, and I was like, I, I mean that conspiracy theory that's kind of been around for a little bit that the umpires are intentionally bouncing it terribly to get rid of it, and and they're getting and they're getting shoulder injuries and stuff like that, so they're intentionally bouncing the ball poorly so that it just gets thrown away. Like that's that's been like a uh, not yeah, just like a big that. footy kind of like theory. Like it's 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 like a legitimate um, one that people think is actually going on. But anyway, so. Bit sidetracked, but that that in the in the context of the game, which is why I bring it up, was very strange, um, and and it did have some effect. But anyway, I mean, look, when 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 you've got you know Rowan completely missing, Hawkins, you know, with really a, a terrible, yeah, may as well not have played. Um, you may as well have dropped Hawkins and played Radicalia. Obviously, you wouldn't do that, but it, it may have actually been a better option. Um, mm. Anyway, but well done to Port; they deserve to get through. Um, they, you know, won, they didn't, they were top of the ladder the entire year. Um, you know, they deserve to play in their say and, and good on them having the, the government to allow the, um, the crowd and they've got control of the Corona really well. And they've got a, you know, had a big crowd and it was, it was great. Um, Port's kids stood up. It was, it was great to watch, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard not to think about Geelong. It's another final and I'm sorry, like how is it lazy criticism when this finals record has yeah. been going for years? Years and years and years. Yeah, it's not lazy criticism at all. It's no. just a matter, matter of fact. Uh, but they continue to uh, falter this time of the year after having solid uh, home and away season. And that's the stat you brought up just before that about Hawkins. Back to back years of essentially the same output. Yeah, he's. I mean, that becomes mentally scarring. I think the players say, "Oh, that man." Yes, it does because they see their games on replay and go through it with the coaches. So he he would have known that going into into the round. Another thing, just briefly before we get going, but Gary Ablett, I mean, he he didn't look great. What do you think? This is the end for Gaz. Does, does he? I mean, obviously, I'm sure he'll, he'll have another swan song in him, at least one more game. But he, he well, he didn't play that well. Let's be honest. No, well, he's already said this is his last year. Well, he pretty pretty. He did say that last year, but uh, he he has kind of said that he you know he could be convinced potentially to stay play next year, but pro- probably not. It's probably over now. Yeah. No, yeah, this this is this is his last year, especially um, after what's going on with his with his, with his little boy this year. I, I think he's ready to um, slow slow things down, just be a family man. Um, probably stop his dad from hopping on YouTube and doing videos as well. I think there was some talk that he could play <laughs> like a club role and a playing role, but next year he'd only play but, like ten or twelve games. But who, yeah, look, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But that's the thing. Like, Shorter list, like, too. Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, just to sidetrack because we're touching on it, I can't believe the AFL still have not come out and, and agreed on the AFL players, mm. agreed on playing lists. And, it's embarrassing. Um, 
Oh, and and uh, the amount of money that they what is it the salary cap? It's just it is laughable. All these teams that aren't playing finals, they just got to twi- twiddle their thumbs. How go, oh, I heard on Footy Classified, I heard um, they asked Eddie McGuire about this. They were like, and he was so they asked him how are clubs already trading players when they have no idea what the cap's going to be. They have no idea what's going on. Essentially, like they don't know what their ceiling mm. is. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I, I completely agree. He's like, I 100% hand on my heart. I don't know. I do not know. Like, I, 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 have an, I have an idea where it probably will be, having been in board meetings with the AFL and other bits and pieces. But 100% hand on heart, they have not told me yet. So officially, no. it's not. I have no official sure. number. So it, it, it raises a very good question, which is, well, North blew up their team, like. This is the thing, like there's, you know, there's some legitimate trading going on. Like, you know, GWS has already unloaded elements of their list as well. They've offered apparently off, which we've got to keep going, but um, a bit of an up, but but Cameron, um, they've offered him like 700 grand over like four years or something like that, um, which, you know, he could get more than that at at, at other teams. So now there's there's that in the air. Obviously, um, you know, Williams has already left and, and going to Carlton. You know, um, Carlton are heavily trying to get Saad as well, giving him cars and all that stuff. So we, as we spoke about in that trade period episode, which we'll do another one, probably in another couple of weeks when there's a bit more news. But, um, yeah, bonkers, bonkers yeah. stuff. But anyway, so um, good good game, probably the worst of the four, but I still think it was a pretty good game. Um, but, yeah, when you go one and seven in, in set shots for like on multiple yeah. occasions, yeah, um, Lions Tigers, wow! So this, I think this was a better game. Um, huge end and well done to the Lions. They finally get that hoodoo, sixty nine to fifty four. Yeah. The Lions by fifteen points. I actually like to be honest. The game was really good, so I actually didn't even think about it for a minute or two after it finished. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, the hoodoo, because they haven't won obviously in so many years. And famously, they had like a um, very Phil Jackson um, style. They had like a list. At the back, which is you know very, it's reminded me of like mid nineties Chicago Bulls, Phil Jackson mm. style, and there was like um, all the teams on there, all the like teams that, Game of Thrones yeah, that, sort of style, and you know, they crossed them off, so they finally can cross off Richmond. So they've beaten all seventeen other teams now. So, um, but look, this was really good. I mean, Lions. Look to summarize this straight up. Like, if someone puts a gun away and so tell me in a sense what happened. Ri- like Richmond got out Richmond. Like that's what happened. The Lions played their game plan. I think they matched it really well and not in a kind of crazy copycat way, but they did match it really well and they played it harder and it worked. I know they got a little bit lucky at times. Um, Richmond did give away like, you know, 850 metres. They gave multiple, they gave 100 metres a couple of times. There's going to be a lot of players changing nappies in the next few weeks. But there was a few like absolutely like, you know, that ball gets two centimetres, one centimetre to the right, um, and then that Bolton goal goes through. Like, there's obviously, like, it's ve- it was a very close game. Like, for it's strange. Like, if you look at the scoreline, 15 points, that's not that close. So, like, this this was millimetres, a, a couple of, yeah, literally, absolutely. either way. What did you think? Yeah, I think Dimmer. Would you yeah, agree? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. And I think Dimmer summed it up perfectly. He goes, we can, they play, Richmond played very good football. Brisbane just played better football for longer, mm. uh, and that's what he said. He goes, "We got beaten by a better team on the day." Um, but you're right. Look, any 50 meter penalty um, is frustrating uh, as a supporter. Um, so I'd imagine what it's like for a coach, and then they do it multiple times. What was it? Four fifty, four fifties in the 
It was in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah. All in the first half. So, yeah, two of them led to, yeah, they led to goals. And two um, in the second quarter led to direct goals, like basically goals, directly yeah. in front. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, so that, aside from aside from that, um, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good game. Um, I'm very I'll, – I'll touch on it now. I was going to touch on it later, but because of this game, it concerns me that we're going to have a night grand final at the Gabba. Um, it was very slippery. I hadn't seen um, players slip and slide – uh, as much uh, as I did in this game, and and then yeah, and that's what we're gonna be stuck with for a grand final. I'll, I'd be disappointed um, if it's marred by very dewy conditions and players slipping on their feet all the time. But aside from that, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it was like Brisbane, sorry, it was like Brisbane. ice at times. Yeah, and that's because of the footwear that, that they wear and all that. Anyway, I won't go into that details. Uh, but back to the game. Yeah, look, we did mention this in our, in our preview that if Brisbane could kick straight, they were going to get enough entries into to the Ford 50 to make it very tough for Richmond, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, um, to be able to do it, Lockie, Lockie Neal didn't have, touch the ball in the first quarter, and um, obviously he went on to have a pretty influential rest of the game. But McStay, Hitwood, um, they all had a say, which uh, they had it for, for long, long parts of uh, the season and it was always the question mark going into this game whether they could kick enough goals or at least be accurate enough to put scoreboard pressure on Richmond, which is what they did. Fast game, um, all their, all their, I don't think there was a bad player for, for either team, really. Um, there was some players that didn't have their best games, but I thought, yeah, like you said, this was a better game to watch than the Thursday night game. Yeah, let's we'll focus on Brisbane as obviously a stack about to talk about with Richmond as well. Um, but yeah, Daniel Rich right at the start, great goal um, at a distance, really really impressive. Obviously that little chip off, and he's you know, obviously can kick such a massive distance. He's super impressive. Um, yeah, I mean at the start, like you know Richmond led. Um, it looked like finals. Dusty Jack looked really good in the first quarter as well, but they hung in. They didn't let them get blown away. Obviously, um, it's kind of like what I said before about Dixon. As you point out, Neil, nothing. His stats line was sitting at zero. So that was mm. that was crazy at the end of the first quarter. But, um, yeah, I mean, Rayner was missing early, but then, like, he built as the game went on. He got better. Um, I think it's funny we didn't really go into this. I remember thinking about it in the preview, but I think we'd just been going too long, so we just had to stop at some point. But... Brisbane's, um, excuse me, Brisbane's midfield really did outsize Richmond's at times, and we'll get into that in a minute with Bolton. Um, but they look great. Um, Jared Berry, I thought was really good. Uh, McLuggage, I mean, the, the story with him is amazing in that he's, you know, he, he really is one of the center points for the criticism against the Lions with the amount of you know points that they kick and their terrible scoring. And he's kicked like six hundred points this year, so it's fair criticism. But for him to kick yeah. the sealer. Basically, was was amazing. Like that was it was a great story. You could see what it meant to them at the end of the siren. Um, Robinson was fantastic to see him get a get another finals win this deep into his career. I mean, imagine if he wins a premiership, that would be you know. Imagine like thinking that Carlton group that Mitch Robinson wins a premiership before Chris Judd. Like it's just there's so many. I know he won one at West Coast, but like post post that era, yeah. Because obviously Robinson wasn't playing back then. I mean, it is it is crazy. Um, but yeah, like just it was funny. Yes, like, look, just go. Sorry, sorry. Just just before because while we were on Mitch Robinson, like um, I don't know whether it glanced over other people's uh, uh, sort of viewing of the game. 
Um, I didn't hear any of the commentators. So he he actually turned the game. Like Richmond were in control, and yeah. he ruffled some feathers. Got a fifty. Like he's so he's so smart about football and how to get things um, either on even keel or in his team's favour at, at the expense of potentially getting reported or giving away a free kick or whatever. He, he's and I think that brings a lot to this young. Brisbane team. He's he's so cheeky about it too, um, and he's quite a unique player. I think he's the last of a, a breed that we probably won't see again ever or for a long period of time. He, he's, he's straight out of the nineteen eighties uh, AFL uh, player book <laughs> about how it goes. About I, I love it. I mean, got he rubbed his captain up the wrong way when he's at the end of the game running over to the uh, boundary line, but then obviously we found out. There was a reason behind it, and yeah. so now I thought I, that, that that little scuffle that he started, um, I think, was the turning point for the for the Lions in this game. So good on him. And the Sorry other thing, to deviate on me. No, no, not at all. I was going to keep talking about him because the other thing too with Mitch Robinson, um, <clears throat> I really liked his analysis at the end of the game. He didn't go into full um, obviously all the information with how they did it, but they asked him um, on Fox how um, they were able to beat Richmond, and he was like, oh, look, you know, we don't want to go into it too much. But I will say that we pulled our wings out of what they usually do and used them mm. to assist at either end, depending on what was going on with the game, which can be a really risky way of playing because then you obviously open up that section if there's an error really quick, quite quickly because you've got people way out of position and they can be 20, 25 metres in the wrong direction. So like that's, it seems like really obvious, but... Having those two peeling off, and Richmond do do that quite a bit, that made the you know the world of difference. I would love to be a fly on the wall inside their meetings to hear because it was it was probably tactically like the West Coast. I think this was probably the second best game for me. I really like Saints Dogs, but I don't know. I think I liked this a little bit more, and I think tactically it was fascinating to watch. Um, it wasn't as like sexy as as the last game, which had everything, but at the same time it was very very impressive um yeah the other thing about brisbane before we're going to go into richmond and then just generally leicester on rewalt i thought was excellent and then as a result of that being so good it freed up harris andrews which is like you know an amazing luxury a a crazy gift and he of all the players that came back from injury into this round looked probably the best like i will get into the west coast guys because there's a few of them i think looked a bit underdone um, yeah. yeah, I reckon if I can throw that out there, I'd have yeah, to go through all the ins. Yeah, but it feels like he was the, and I know he's obviously probably the best player almost that came in. But that said, like he was, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. He looked absolutely fantastic the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more there with that. Yeah, and Brisbane really out pressured Richmond. It's not just that game style and you know that Richmond way of playing. They did out pressure them, and they recognised in a very Richmond way. They recognised Richmond's weaknesses quickly and exposed them as fast as possible. So Bolton was significantly undersized on ball, which felt crazy at times that they were doing that. But then they were doing it because they wanted to free up Dusty. This is the problem when there's no Lynch. And when Rewalt's being shut down like that, they do think, well, let's free Dusty out, get him. And it's hard. You obviously would love, you know, multiples. But when they've got that set up there, Bolton just looked, he was getting monstered. And they recognised that really quickly and they jumped on top of it. And players yeah. like, it hurts me to say it, but players like Arts, um, 
Chol just didn't look ready at all for five. Not for that game. Like they, they both, they weren't terrible. Particularly Arts was okay, but Chol looked at sea. Unfortunately, he didn't look at all ready for. I mean, you'd think Chol out, Lynch in. You'd think almost, almost certainly. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, he, he, unfortunately, he did look really, really out. Um, Rioli, what did you think of his game? I mean, he was he was nowhere at the start. He was okay. That goal was obviously really impressive to keep them in it late, but it did feel like he was he was really kind of you know he didn't really have that impact at all. Again, it's a similar problem. Uh, before I go on to that, I uh, just wanted to continue with what you were talking around um, tactically. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, the line did well. Again, it wasn't really mentioned on on, on the, by any of the commentary, but. They did their work on Kane Lambert. He yeah. was so quiet. Hard and he's such an important link, such, such an important link-up player and chop out in the midfield so that uh, Dusty and Cochin can be more influential. I mean, they both were very, very good, but when Kane Lambert has a quiet game, it generally results in Richmond losing or only just getting over the line. He's really important. So the, the Lions did a, a good number on, on getting him um, out of his influential sort of gameplay. I thought, um, yeah, look, in hindsight, Rioli, you probably, or even Bolton, you'd, you'd probably have Caddy in instead yeah. of one of those two. Um, so it's wonderful. I, I guess a bit like Hinkley at Port Adelaide um, continuing with Motlock, it's, you, you probably want Rioli there for what he can do um, in a match, not whether he, he plays consistently. I know it's frustrating as a, as a supporter and, um, and, and not having big impact. Like, yeah, it's it's tough because he can kick two or three goals quite quickly and, and have a real impact, but if he goes quiet, he, he looks really bad. It did. So. Well, it, it did feel strange. We were texting during the game. It did feel strange that we're in a situation here where Caddy didn't play and you've got no leash. Mm. And we were. I, I was saying, and I was, you know, partially just joking, but also half serious in that, well, is he going to another club? Because, as in Caddy, because it's like, well, like this seems like a really obvious choice to play him probably even over Chol, but I guess no Soldo, you kind of need Chol. But then, you know, they miss Soldo. That's That goes without saying, but they absolutely did miss Soldo. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, I really found it strange they didn't play Caddy. Uh, by all reports as well, um, I was just having a look whether there's any news on him, but not yet. Um, Broad um, is off to another club, which, you know, I'm not surprised he missed his, he's missed all of his chances. Maybe he's checked out and he's not really that super keen on it. But even that might not have been the worst idea. Um, yeah. It that would then free up McIntosh Moore, who can be quite good defensively. I, I don't know, like it. Yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing is about it too. It, this this was so close. I mean, the other two things too is obviously there were two fifties that gave away goals. The other thing as well that I thought was pretty bullshit, and again, like garbage umpiring. The iron and the irony of it was what happened later on in that there were two Richmond fifties that were paid for the. Um, the play on. So one was Dusty, and I can't remember who it was, but like, you know, free kick Brisbane, one, two, maybe three seconds, and they've scored, right? So it's gone out wide to Dusty. He's thought it was his free kick. He's taken the advantage, played on, right? Which is absolutely totally normal. It was loud at the ground. Not as loud as the SA yeah. game, but it was loud at the ground. I mean, this happened, I think it was, I'm certain this was in the first quarter. 
Dusty turned out to the umpire and he, he didn't abuse him or anything. And he was like, I can't hear. I can't, I did, can't, cannot hear. Could not hear the whistle at all. Like, isn't that not a little bit harsh? Like, yeah. and then, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, that it's, it's harsh, but you know, and then it happened again. It, I can't remember who it was, but again, another, another Richmond player thought they had the advantage, took it. And literally like a couple of seconds, it wasn't like they, you know, waited and waited and played on no. and, and then went to kick. Was it-, it was like, ball, snap. It was like super, super quick. And then they got paid. Yeah. Then again, and then at the other end of the ground, the exact same thing happened to Brisbane. Crazy. And they and they let them take, and they let it come back. Like, I just think that's bullshit. You either play it the entire game or like, I don't know. I just think that this, this, it, this is what's so frustrating about the inconsistencies between the home. And it's like, the commentator's like, oh, well, they kind of let that go all year. So at some point they had to play it. It's like, no, no, they don't. That's no, not how it works. No. No, consistency through the whole year. Yeah, I don't that's care. all you want. It's so annoying. And I, and I, I mean, I've, I've been critical of that particular interpretation of a rule. Like, you've got to give these players the benefit of the doubt. Like, it's not, if they hold on to the ball for ages and don't give it back, yeah, cool. Yeah. Give, it, give, it, give it. But if the play is going on and a whistle's blown and there's crowd noises or whatever, it doesn't even matter if there's no crowd. Like, if it's that quick, umpires can call once they've blown the whistle and the game stops. It doesn't matter whether they, they make a decision in a split second or whether they take two seconds just to go, okay, what happens? I know, just got to bring the ball back, award the free kick the way it's meant to be and then get on with the game. Yeah, very frustrating, especially when the inconsistency happens in a game. It's already bad enough that from week to week it's or from game to game in and around those inconsistencies. But when it happens in the game itself, oh, yeah, very frustrating. And, and, and just you, you put your hands up in the air and go, why? I just don't get it. So dust, you're still dust. frustrated. <laughs> it's like you've got this, you're like oh. the replay on in the background. I wanted to punch a hole through the TV. The dusty one yeah, was, same. I think it was the dusty one. It might have been the other one. I can't, it doesn't matter. But one of those bullshit 50s, when the players clearly couldn't hear. And the, the, the ridiculous thing too, is just before I go into this as well, the Brisbane players didn't react to it either. So if, like, it's not like they could all hear and then Dusty took the piss and then, you know, uh, took advantage. If, no one could hear. Like, there were, like, in the, I remember in the background, it might have been like, maybe not McCluggage, wouldn't have been that far up the ground, but like somebody was, I remember like a key Brisbane player was like, what's happening? And he was like further away than, um, closer, sorry, than Dusty. And he didn't know what was going on. So the opposition's got no idea. So that's the thing. It's just, but I think it might have been the Dusty one. I couldn't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But one of them as well was a massive 52. It was like 80 meters. And it was like, fuck. Like that's at that point, it's like just painted on the ground. Like that's, I know like, then you know, more like American football and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, it would be less frustrating if it was like, this is where you, you know, this is meterage where, you know, you've got your advantage. But anyway, um, I thought Pickett was pretty good. Um, I actually thought he had. He's actually built this year. He's got as we. we yeah. I think we spoke about this last week. As well, he's gotten better and better. Um, I don't know about Prestia. He did obviously coming back after a long layoff. He's been doing a lot of training, you know, with Ruffhead and a lot of the other guys to try and get back. But I don't know. He, he just looked a little bit off. He just looked a step slow. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Look, if, that, if, it, if, it, if it was a home and away game, he would have looked mint. I think it's just because yeah, finals. pressure. Goes 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 up a gear as well, um, but look for a return game. I thought I thought it's good. He's only going to be better for for it. That's for sure. You definitely Tigers definitely need need him 
um, for the rest of the year. One thing that did still Fine. work, yeah, that's true. The, the other thing too is Richmond as well, to their credit, I guess, were really good at creating, and this is a, a key way to beat Brisbane. You've got to, they get so many opportunities, you've got to nullify them. They were really good between 50 and 70 metres offensively at creating turnovers. That that was really good. Like they, you know, they were on the right track. A lot of what they were doing was working, even though obviously they were being beaten around the ball at times. It, it was working, but just some, if it wasn't for a few behavioural things and a couple of centimetres, it, you know, with that ridiculous, which is that if that goal goes through, that's goal of the year. That, that, that was utterly ridiculous. That, that, um, late, um, oh, Bolton's, Bolton Bolton's goal. Point. Yeah. That was, was, if that had gone through, I mean, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, no intercept, no intercept marks for Grimes the entire match. So that's, there wouldn't be, there'd be very few Richmond games where that they win where Grimes gets zero intercepts. Um, yeah. it's, it's how you've got to play um, West Coast, too. You've got to take McGovern out of the game. But yeah, I don't know. It was a combination of a few things as well. Richmond's kids probably not quite ready yet. Um, some of those kids, you know, felt a little bit under pressure, but. I don't know. I mean, look, Brisbane played an amazing game. Even Hipwood, who I've been critical at times throughout the year, like his running patterns earlier on were a bit funny, but as the game went on, he did get better. And, um, yeah, so, that goal late was good. Yeah, speaking of Hipwood, look, I don't know whether it's come into the conversation. Obviously, I'm not in the, the coaching panel at Brisbane, but he's got such a good tank. He can't kick goals. Put him on the wing. Yeah. Like, if he... Because one thing that he's always been able to do is uh, take a good mark and his field kick is pretty good. So rather than having as a liability in front of goals, which I still think he is, but I just don't understand why he continued to um, play a goal like that to kick goals when he can't actually kick goals. It's, it's something mentally not right there. He lacks a lot of confidence, I think. But the rest of his game is very good. And if he can, if he can be that target from a kick in, or that second phase coming off defence to kick to, oh, and then he and then he can launch into your forward fifty to whoever. Oh, I just think that might be a smart way of um, getting him to have a bigger influence on the game. Oh, a hundred percent. So you, you were talking before about uh, in the other game about technology and football and all that stuff. So obviously there were the two goal reviews. Oh, sorry, score reviews. Um, there was the 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 Snicko um, with uh, Bolton's goal. We'll talk about that. I mean, I guess, like, it's in the system now. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I don't act personally, those ones I don't actually mind. It was funny. Like, I saw some, I can't remember who it was, but there was a St Kilda player from that played in the 2009 grand final that, like, quote tweeted the seven video and was like, where was this in the grand final? Like, what a busted ass. Like, because that, they might, they, you know, they're, they're only down by a point if that goal doesn't go yeah. through. Uh, I think it was a point or two. It would, or they might have even been up because of that late. Like, it doesn't matter. Getting through the weeds here, but um, yeah. I think they actually might have been up because there was that late Geelong goal where they didn't man the mark with um, Max Rook late in the game. But anyway, the the point is though that that like, I get it. That's frustrating. And obviously the other thing as well, they got rid of the draw, so that you know they would have been time on anyway. So it, that's nice. the thing. Forget about they they scrapped the draw, but. I don't mind the score review for something like that. That's fine. I'm keen to get your opinion on the next bit, though. Is that like that, like the Z- the Zapruder footage of JFK being shot in in nine that leaked in nineteen? Everyone always think forgets this. That footage came out in I, I believe it was nineteen seventy three. So it's like good like eleven years after it, or 10, 10, 11 years after he was killed. But so that's insanely old footage from the sixties, right? Better quality than that horrific 
Grimes touch, Diddy touch, whatever. Like it's like you know, terrible pixelated image. And it's like, and and the commentator's like, hmm, doesn't look like a definitive touch. And it's like, that doesn't even look like an image. Like that looks like a, a magic eye. Like what is that? It look it looks like the camera is uh, on the moon. Some de- de- some desperate fan outside the stadium zooming in on his old his nineteen nineties uh, Canon camcorder. And that's as far as the zoom goes. It was that far away. It was that pixelate. I just, I said, what's the point? If you, if you haven't got good enough image in the first place, don't review it. Just get on with the game. James Cameron has gone to the bottom of the Mariana Trench and recorded 4K images. We we have a, we have a picture of the <laughs> we have a picture of Earth from the Moon. Like we we have photographed black holes in 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 Alpha Centauri, the next galaxy across. Like I, I'm sorry. What is going on? Yeah. Well, if we've got that many cameras (laughs) at the ground, how is this sickening footage the best quality? Like it, it bonkers. So that that's where I've got a problem with it because you couldn't see it. What's the point of doing it? It slows the game down. No one has any idea. Like they're like, there's insufficient evidence. As funny as the the arc people are like, he must have been like, wow, what a piss take this is. Mm -hmm. To his credit, he didn't laugh. He was like, oh, there's insufficient evidence that the Richmond player touched the ball. It's like, no shit, there's insufficient evidence that that's a human being. There's insufficient evidence that, that, that that's even a picture from this game. Like, it, it's, it yeah. was, the colours kind of look like it, but, I mean, it, it shocking. Like, that that's the problem I have. That was not what the technology was brought yeah. in for. That's not what it was. Do, would you agree? No, no, like, that's, I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It should be limited to, left to, and this is the only point, goal line decisions. That is the only place that the technology yeah. should be played. Otherwise, where do we where do we stop stop it from? Umpiring calls, uh, tackles, um, razor ray throw ups, incorrect disposal. Like they would, ha- it would turn into American football, where this game would go for ten hours mm. because of the stop start, stop start, stop start. Looking at it, let the imperfection embrace the imperfections of humans playing sport because. One just except for the goals, like I understand that that's that's a bit different um, because um, yeah, it's no different like to basketball. Yeah, stopping to see if the foot is on the three point line, right? Like that's it's more technical. But if we look at every little thing in football, oh man, every player makes mistakes, every umpire makes mistakes, every coach. But that what, there's more mistakes. You're going to make the game look worse because you're um, looking at it all the. Um, shit side, shit side of the of the sport, and nobody will. I'll I'll say that if that came, that came about. So I reckon scrap it for everything else. Yeah. Just leave it for points and goals to see if the um, uh, yeah make the correct decision um, and get on with the game. I mean, all you hear is that. Sorry, go. Sorry, you go. Yeah, you're right. I was just going to say, all you hear is Steve Hawking's meant to be this amazing operator, but like that's another blight on his tenure. In that we have these consistent ridiculous situations with the score review and we're reviewing things that we can't see so don't hold the game up and even if you get better camera footage i don't want to, i don't want to look at it anyway but even if you wanted to do that even if it's like all right let's really double down on this which would be terrible i would agree and it would become like like nfl even if you're going to do it at least do it properly at least do it where we can actually see it like that's the thing if you're going to be a tech whore at least do it to the point where we can actually see what's going on don't do it where we can't actually see. And it's embarrassing. 
on 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 you know the broader stage because a lot of Americans watching the game at the moment and people in other countries because there's so many sports not actually going on at the moment. So like you know the numbers are way up overseas too, and it, that that's ridiculous. Like that's the footage of the goal. What are all the what are all the other cam uh, the touch? What are the other cameras doing? Anyway, this is doesn't matter. But a couple other small things. I thought Cochin was excellent. I think he had a really really good game. Um, yeah, he was he was super impressive all day. He just you know threw his head over the ball whenever he could. Yeah. Um, he's, he's become such an amazing player. But the, probably the biggest takeaway out of it is, you know, the tactics from Brisbane were, were very, very impressive. Um, but I think almost the thing I'm even more impressed with than how well they played that game tactically. And it's almost, I think it might be the best game I've seen the Fagan Lions play. The other thing that, that, that would be also very important to note and probably the number one thing, and, and even though as, as impressed I was by their game plan, mentally them getting it right, they had a window there where once again they couldn't close it out. They couldn't close it out. And they went through four or five, couldn't couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. You know, another chance, another yeah. chance directly in front, nut, nut, nut. Like it just kept happening. It's like, oh, no. And then Richmond scored and they were within like 10 or 11 points and it's like, here we go again. They're going to steamroll them. It's the same old story again and again and again. But they held true. And that McLuggage, what do I call him, like, like McDonald's, oh, mate, McLuggage, it's hard to say. But he, a uh, great mm. goal late, um, very, very impressive um, to score uh, in that way. And he, uh, given, you know, the monkey on his back, yeah, that that was huge. And, I mean, yeah, you came out of an argument, these guys go all the way now. Like, that. this was, this will hopefully, surely instill lots and lots, I still have issues, but lots and lots of... Um, you know, confidence. Confidence. Just, just yeah. going back to, I, I really like what you said before about Hipwood on the wing. Do you think that's why maybe they're going after Danaher so that they can flip yeah. those two? They can flip that role between whoever's working, whether it's yeah. wing and or foot. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, mean, they both absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably what why it popped into my head when I heard that they were going after Danaher. So, why would they want another person that can't kick the spot of the another, bar? Another Hipwood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> How many, how many instant goal kickers do you, do you want in a forward line? Seriously. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it does. And, and when you play both of them on the week, imagine that, match, imagine that match up for, for people. Put me luggage up forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, look, it's just something different. I mean, we, we've seen it with other teams throughout the, the years. I mean, Richmond from way back. I mean, you know, Richo occasionally went up on the wing. Uh, in the end, famously. Yeah. St. Kilda famously with Nick Rewalt, um, Roughhead and Buddy at Hawthorne, Roughhead to a, uh, Buddy to a lesser extent at Sydney. Um, these tall athletic forwards, if they're not kicking goals, mate, they'll zone out and, and they become a liability. So you've got to get them into the game somehow. And if they're good enough to um, move around the ground, what these players that I've just mentioned, uh, why wouldn't you try it? I would. It might also be why, just on trades very briefly, it might also be why Richmond's um, put an offer towards Brad Crouch. I don't think they'll get him, and they're probably into other players too, but having another bigger body in there means they don't have to play Bolton in that role, yeah. and that frees yeah, them up as well. Forward. Correct, bingo. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then yeah. they can all, all fight it out for whoever's in the best form, and that puts more pressure on Castagna and Rioli and blah, blah, blah. Um, we could probably go yeah, further into like this it. game. Sorry, go. I was just going to say, it'd be like the All Australians, so I just have midfielders, no, no, well, no specific. You know. <laughs> literally, yeah. Wingers are out of it, yeah. Oh. Um, Dusties as well, like they'll learn from this, and I think they'll beat. I think they'll beat the Saints, which we'll get into the in the preview. Not just because um, they're a very proud side; they they won't 
be happy with this. And I think um, you know, now I think they're definitely going to beat the Saints now. To be honest, given you know no Ryder, no Carlisle as well, going back to um, Victor, I think he's on the it's on the border of Vic and New South Wales, but somewhere. Uh, his wife's um, having their third child, so he's leaving the hub as well. So two very key players. Also, and Ben Long uh, as well. They also celebrated like they won a grand final, which is never a good look. <laughs> if you look at Brisbane, how they celebrated, it was a really big cheer, but then quickly they got back into the, not just another game, let's, yeah. let's focus, whereas the Saints were like, it's second flag in our history type celebrations, and I think they've... Uh, gas themselves for this week as well. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get that in a second. Um, ben Long suspended too, which we'll get into a minute. So three very key players yeah. out. But the only Absolutely. other thing on this game, Dusty as well, Like as I said, they're a very proud group. But that that shot from Dusty, uh, I know, going for glory, but you know he had other options. Like that, you know, late, he has a chance to get it within a few points again. Uh, and he kicks it out on the fall. Like, and it was a long way out, but he had, he had other leads. Uh, Rewalt was open. He had other options. Castagna um, was free. Just bingo. To pop it. Yeah, there was a, exactly right. Frustrating. I mean, that's it. Like, it was a little one percenters that Richmond are usually so good at that. Yeah. Um, they weren't in that particular game. Uh, credit to Brisbane. They put the pressure on, and that's what what happens. It's um, obviously the, the the difference between winning and losing. Uh, you just need those one percenters to go your way, and um, hopefully the opposition like Brisbane, uh, like Richmond, showed like, giving away. Free kicks and and that type of kick. Like if Richmond are on and they're in front, Dusty kicks that goal. Hundred percent, yeah. With with ease because he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's under pressure to to win the game off his own boot and all that type of stuff. So he is uh, good 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 observation there, mate. He is funny as well, though, Dusty. Like he goes through these periods where he almost involves his team too much in the play. In that, like, you know, he'll go for another handball over where he could easily have kicked it. I mean, he's 90% of the time, he, you know, obviously since, you know, 2016-ish, 17 for sure, his, you know, decision-making is amazing. But, um, yeah, there, there was a, a few of those things where I think he just gets a little bit lost. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was a clear error. Because if that happens then, there's still a few minutes left and then who knows. But... Next yeah. game, um, St Kilda Dogs, um, great game. Uh, we both went against each other in this one. You went with the Dogs, I went with the Saints. I mean, this this was an absolute flick of the coin. I just felt that, you know, with the recent, since the 16 flag, Dogs losing a few finals, I just didn't feel like they were quite ready yet. I reckon they're going to be in finals next year, and I reckon they'll win one. But this year, I don't know, I just felt like the, the Saints are on such a high. But I, I agree with you. I reckon they may have burnt a bit of that oil. Um, it's funny, I, before the game, though, I changed my... Oh, you did? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not tipping or anything like that for finals, but, yeah, I did change my... Okay. Um, in my head and, and whatnot, I was like, nah, Saints are going to win this. And I was back, and I was barracking for the Saints. Yeah. Oh, look, it was, it was a fascinating game. So, 67 to 64. Um, yeah, and this had uh, a stack of lead changes. I think so it had seven lead changes... I don't know when I wrote that note. I think around half time. So this this had a ridiculous mm. amount of lead changes. So two two to three one at quarter time. So you know already five goals in the first quarter. Uh, a little bit slow, a bit more defensive in the second quarter, feeling each other out. Five four to four three in the second, and then nine six to five six in the third. So um, Saints really pull away. They've had a lot of very good third quarters this year. They're a really seriously good third yeah. quarter team. I think they actually might be one of the absolute. I think there's only one or two teams in front of them out of the entire league. Uh, for effort in the third quarter, and then 10-7 to 9-10, to they just held on. 
that was uh, that was yeah very very scary for St Kilda supporters all the way back in Victoria uh, in that last five minutes particularly. But I mean, just the first thing to note, at, like imagine how much money you would have won. Um, we obviously don't go into gambling, but imagine the money no. you would have won to have um, tipped um, Josh Bruce for the first goal. Like he's kicked six hundred oh. points this year. Like he, he, he he's the first goal. Like that was absolutely. Hilarious, yeah. like and particularly against his old side, and it did it really. It really injected them early. Like they led uh, the first quarter and through portions of the second as well. Like, yeah, I mean, but like, we'll, we'll go with the Saints obviously to start. But Max King, like this guy, I mean, this guy, this guy, oh, like his brother. Wow, two one, I know, but like in the context of the, of, of you know the season and the way first football's final. played now, first final. This, this guy is going to rip the league apart. The two of them are. I mean, it is just so yeah. impressive. Um, he wanted he, – he, he wanted the ball. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I don't want to compare to other players, but it was Kerry, like, that, that's how much he yeah. wanted the, the footy. He, he, he wanted to take the game on and, and be the man, which is – Bloody awesome if you're a St. Kilda supporter to have someone like that um, down there. They haven't had that since Tony Lockett, really. As good as that, as good as Rewalt has been, uh, Rewalt probably didn't demand it in the in the same type of manner that Max King's showing at the moment. Yeah, well, particularly early on in his career, he's looking like he's going to be mm. bigger than that. But I mean, Caulfield was, I think, nearly best on ground for St Kilda. He was fantastic. Well, uh, the um, Hanbury Im- improved definitely. Ryder has mm. to be almost best on ground as well. Obviously, yeah, um, Ryder was huge. Huge. His injury is is. Well, let's, let's talk about it now. I was going to say let's talk about it later, but we'll just do it now. I mean, that that is like talk about brutal luck. This guy. So he's played with three teams. He gets caught up in the Essendon um, drug saga. I don't think like if you look at a lot of the stuff with Ryder in that story, I don't think he was really involved in it in any real respect at all. He got caught up in it, and you know I love that story where he was. Um, if you remember, he was there at one past midnight. Um, at Port Adelaide when he was able to train again. Like that, it was just, you know, he left Essen and was, you know, which was, you know, really ugly kind of stamp on there on that end. Like that was a real terrible, like he was really heart and soul part of the group. And that was, yeah. that felt one of the more uglier, like bad taste in the mouth elements of obviously the, you know, bad, t- and how many are there? But like in terms of post the saga, that was really ugly. And then this poor guy's, you know, come to a really good site, you know, it's not worked out that well at Port in the end. They get Lysette. He's, he's found a lifeline. He's gone to the Saints. And then, wow, he has an amazing season. He's played, I think, better this year than he played really any of his seasons at Port. He, portions at Port, he was amazing. There were portions where he was virtually unplayable, one of the best Ruckmans in the game again. And we only oh, have to go back absolutely. to that. He was. Yeah, he was so good, he, even at Port. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. It is uh, heyday. He... He was a mix between um, Max Gorn and Nick Natanui. He had almost the same athleticism as Natanui, um, but um, also had that much more sort of classical ruck um, uh, tap work that um, Gorn has. Uh, he, he was fantastic to watch like six, seven years ago, just before the whole Essen saga blew up. But then, yeah, we, as you mentioned, did play some very good games at Port Adelaide on a wing. One of the most memorable pieces of rock work we'll uh, ever go. Funnily enough, was against St Kilda when he was at Port Adelaide. So, um, yeah, very disappointing because he he was huge um, all game 
for the Saints. Uh, it's fitting to have this the injury and obviously not not play this weekend. Big big blow, not not just for the Saints, but for him personally because yeah, he's gone through so much in his uh, horrible footy career. Um, would have been great great to see see him out on the field again. So hopefully he um, gets back and gets a, uh, another year or, or two at the Saints. Hopefully he gets another year. Yeah, I don't hasn't doesn't doesn't have a year yet, but you'd think you'd think he'll get a year. Um, but it sounds like it's it's a bad hamstring. So even if they got through to the grand final, it's quite unlikely nah. he would play. So yeah. um, sticking with the Saints as well, uh, Membry I thought was was really good. Um, I really liked his work rate, which is not something I've said about Membry all the time. I think, but his <laughs> his work rate was I have to say was actually very very good. Um, at times he yep. moved down back to assist um, with a few intercept marks. I, I actually think he was quite impressive. Um, Geary as well with the sealer. I mean, that that's the other story in this. Like, you know, this guy who, you know, his best mates um, with Joel Selwood, one of them has gone on to win three flags, probably could easily have won four if not five. And then old mate, you know, his best mates at, at the Saints, they're about a bit younger than him, but, you know, he's had, you know, horrendous, you know, run at it really in terms of success. And, yeah, that was he like just the look on his face. It was worth worth it watching this game just for that. Like he's yeah. everyone says he's this the nicest dude you've ever met. So that that was and you know that mm. leg injury that he had was so horrific. Like you know he's just come back from this guy's got absolute balls of steel. He's yeah amazing amazing leader and um, yeah even 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 if they hand you know the the captaincy over like he's you know he's he's clearly such a, a great leader. Um, oh, absolutely. It- just like Bo at Port Adelaide, if it does go to someone else, I think he continues to play a very um, important role and a very strong role. Yeah. I like that he's been pushed forward now as well. It's a bit diff- uh, different dynamic for the Saints. Yeah. Um, and haven't haven't they just pulled off um, a great uh, drafting strategy? I, I thought the players that they, they brought in, and we've talked about Ryder, he's got finals experience, Hill, Zach Jones, Henry, finals, they all really um, played a, a pretty significant role in this game as well. They might not have been the most influential, but just very clean when they got the ball. They positioned themselves particularly well. Uh, Bradley Hill, he's running. Is I don't think there's a better uh, work rate as far as running capacity in the game um, and being able to get into good positions to continue to play or, or create um, options for his teammates. I thought he was fantastic. But, um, yeah, Caulfield was phenomenal down back. But just getting yeah. into the dogs and, I guess, the game overall, I mean, great tight pressure. At at moments, like, it, it did feel the dogs wasted a lot of chances. Like, this game absolutely could have gone either way. And you can mount a bit of an argument the dogs really probably should have won it. Um, if you go through it, we don't, you know, go through stats too heavily. But, you know, they if you look, it's funny, like, so many misses, though. Like six more tackles inside fifties. But the the key stat, which we'll just go into very briefly, thirty five inside fifties to the Saints to fifty one for the Dogs. That's a fair yeah, amount right. more insides. Sixteen yeah, more yeah. insides. I mean, like it's fun. I don't re- almost ever look at the stats during the game, and I actually before we talk very rarely just for listeners as well because it's not it's just not the podcast we want to make. But like. That's damning. And even watching it was very obvious that that was going to be the case, like it would be a fair way out. But, yeah, you can mount an argument the dogs probably should have missed this. Some absolute uh, one, there's some disgraceful um, misses. Um, some of the dogs just look spent. Like, I mean, English 
did not have a great game. He got really murdered by by Ryder. Um, Gonna wonder whether the dogs are into Goldstein. Like, I wonder how. It sounds like Goldstein's gonna go. Gonna wonder, like, how. Not that you scrap English from that role, obviously, but whether Goldstein could come in for a year or two. You know, add some real leadership. I, I, I if I'm them, I don't I, like that. Yeah, and then they can rotate. Option. They can rotate between exactly. him and English in the forward line. Like, because Bruce has yeah. obviously not worked. It hasn't um, worked. They need a big. They need a big target. Both of them can kick goals. They yeah. need to kick two. Also, um, unless unless Shaki somehow has a miracle return to AFL next year, they do need something. So I, I think that that'd be a smart call. Um, and just take the pressure off English. He's so young. Just take that pressure off him yeah. from having to be the number one ruckman for an entire game. Well, everyone always forgets too that uh, with English too, and we've spoken about this in the podcast, but just generally people forget this guy. English was a midfielder, so he had that growth spurt very late in his in his life pre AFL. So he was a midfielder for his whole and a very and a very good one at that. He was going to get drafted fairly high as a mid, and then he had a massive yeah. growth spurt. And then in his last season, I think it might have ended like a season and a half. Like it wasn't that long where all of a sudden they were like, "Wow, this guy's like eight foot ten. He's now a ruckman." And then it was like, well, "He's like, what do you mean a ruckman?" And then all of a sudden he was just a ruckman. And then he's just been kind of like pushed into this, and now it's now he's doing it at AFL level, and he's. Sort of like, you know, guys, I'm still kind of learning. I'm still trying to learn this. And, like, I actually think at times we've held him, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I wonder whether, look, they clearly need, they absolutely need another consistent forward right. massively. Forward. Massively. Like, that's a big concern. Like, you can't, like, you know, relying through Wallace is, is, is not going to win you big games. Like, it'll have a, it'll help, but I, I he's very good and it, it's worked and I really like it and I'm on, I'm on board the Wallace train, but at the same time, I, I just think, you know, Norton, he's going to be a very good player, you would think, but he's very, very young. I, I don't know whether that was the... And again, you can mount an argument whether that was the right or wrong decision bringing him back after the... The injury he had, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Probably not, but yeah. you've got, you got to probably play him. What, what other options have you got? That's the problem with the dogs. What, 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 what do you do? Wallace, what, why do you want to just limit Wallace as a forward? Um, he's such a good mm. uh, in and under midfielder as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I think that forward line isn't, in, isn't dynamic enough for them to win. Big games like we uh, like a final, so no. yeah. That, look, I'm sure they'll do whatever they can to um, rectify that this uh, off season. But it was it was glaring uh, on the weekend that um, that was a big big issue, and also um, an intercepting defender. Um, but they thought Alex Keith was going to do, it and he doesn't seem to be that person that can take intercept marks in the back half like he did in Adelaide. So. Interesting to see how they fix that one as well. It feels like with Keith, he hasn't quite gotten used to the way they play. And I think getting used to the way the dogs play is probably one of the hardest things because it, it's so sporadic and Bevo, you know, will, will change every things quarter. every every minute, whatever he feels like. But, you know, it's funny we were arguing before about, you know, why didn't Richmond bring Caddy in when they didn't have Lynch? And I can understand, you know, that's they came out that argument. But it's like, well, what's your argument if you don't play Norton? What do you do then? Because just going back yeah. to Shaki. All by all reports, you know, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but all, all you hear is that um, he's he just doesn't put in enough work. Enough so he's, he's yeah. just not just not you know committed enough 
at this stage. And that's not to say it won't change, but unfortunately, it, it, I, I just don't see that turning around. So, you know, if they got a Goldstein, he can go forward and assist, but then at the same time, they, they still need, you know, they, they, they if that's to happen, that's all well and good, but then they'd need Norton to kick, you know, 60, 65 for the year, and I don't know whether that's necessarily going to happen. But anyway, we're getting into the weeds. We can talk about that in the season reviews. But look, yeah, I mean, terrible, obviously, like for Ryder. They're going to be without Ryder. They're going to be without um, Carlisle, and they may be without... I mean, the Saints will have to challenge the Ben Long suspension. Uh, so he hit uh, McRae high. It was clearly high. Um, you know, I think it was graded medium impact, which means it was the weak. Um, I, yeah. I'll try and argue that it was that it was incidental contact in relation to the to the contest. At least McRae had the ball. Like they'll, they'll try and put something together, but I I, I don't know. Like well, that's, that's it. McRae went on and played the rest of the game. Like it, it didn't impact him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, that it does seem a bit bullshit, but anyway, that'll that'll be interesting. Mm. Um, just there are a couple of little things like dogs as well. Just just too slow to play on late. Like there's 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 hardly any time to go. I was screaming at the television. I'm like now now now. I'm like English is open now. I was like you know this is like open now. What's happening? Like, you know Lib is there there now now. I'm yelling yelling yelling. Come on come on come on. Like they, there's like look at the clock. There's seconds to go. I, I don't back for this team and I'm losing my mind screaming. I'm like they're they're open here now. Like you don't have time to size this up. You have to play on. Now, like, yeah. just just so slow to make. And I know some of these guys in the dogs are young, but far out. I won't go into the names, but it was it was you know it'll just take too long to break it all down. But it's just just stressful. Like that must have been so frustrating watching this playing as a dog supporter. It was it was horrible. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. Some of the dogs just look spent. So I don't, I don't know. I think maybe like the hub hub situation it had got to them a little bit as well. They did look a little bit um, cooked. Just another thing too, on Caleb Daniel, what a player. Like, you know, that goal late, amazing. Like, his field kicking is obviously phenomenal. Like, what what a ridiculously good player. But fascinating, it just shows, like, the respect that he gets now from oppositions. I mean, like, if you told me, like, three years ago, like, Caleb Daniel was going to get tagged in a final, you'd be like, what? Like, really? And now, like, he's so important. Like, they, they had a yeah. hard tag on him. Like, it's it's just, it's bonkers. Like, it's so, it, yeah, a lot of fun. But Daniel was really good in terms of the way he... Um, would consistently drag out to the wing, try and lose the tag, and he actually worked. Actually, did a pretty decent job at it. But that again, another issue that has really been since 2016, really with the dogs. Uh, you may have a few games here and there, but generally speaking, the ball fluidity and their ability—it's nowhere near as bad as like Melbourne or something like that. But their ability to exit out of the zone is often too crazy and too sporadic. It's not structured enough to the point that sometimes the next person in the chain or the one after that actually knows what's going on. It has too much, there's too much craziness to it. I just think like they need to get a little bit more structured and then this, this will work. And then another couple of pieces and then, and then maybe, you know, Bailey Smith, you know, he's going to be a mind blowing player for years and years to come. Like that's the thing. Yeah. The luxury they've got now where Bont, it actually didn't have a huge impact on the game when Bont did go off from time to time, which a year ago you would have been like, oh, Bond off, they're cooked now. Like what cooked, are they gonna what yeah. are they gonna do now? But Bailey Smith, like, he just takes control. Another another preseason under his belt, he's probably gonna get a lot better. So um I think so. Look, great win by the Saints. Uh, I do wonder whether they've um drunk a little bit too much of the uh the Kool-Aid, but look, very, very impressive um from them. I hope they they continue on, but I think it's gonna be with three very key players, two, maybe three players out. 
that you that you need in, that's a that's a big concern. No Carlisle means Rewat or Lynch gets off the chain. One of them is gonna because Lynch yeah. comes back. One of them is gonna have a big day out, and that's that's already that's already massive red flag. And then no Ben Long is, is another terrible scenario. So I yeah I, I don't I don't love their chances. But anything else you want to say about this game? We happy to move on to the uh, the uh, amazing Eagles Pies. Nah, let's get into last game. So last game, wow, we this game had it all seventy five to seventy six. One point, someone said um, I saw. I think it was Dane Swan was saying these two should be forced to play finals every year because they just turn up these outrageously good games. Um, by a point with less time on it too. So imagine if this had been full-length quarters. They might have gotten to like, you know, 90 all or 100 all or something like that. This was absolute game for the ages. I mean, it had absolutely everything. I mean, take take it away. What, 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 where, how do we even start this game? Well, right? I mean, oh, you will obviously talk, start with the Texan, don't you? The big, the big fella. <laughs> I mean, it, he does it like, again. Is that, does, does, is it? Is this what Collingwood have him for? It's just come out and just win finals for, for the team. Don't worry about the rest. Of you can be, you can be a spud. Forget how to mark. Uh, forget how, you can forget the rules. Don't even know how to play football for a whole year. Just comes September or October. Um, light it up. Collingwood he, have like <laughs> Collingwood have doubled down. I mean, like partly because they didn't get Lynch because they were they were very close to getting Tom Lynch as well. But Collingwood have doubled down on high variety and sporadic forward line. So, they, you know, one week it's Majacek, the next week it's Stevenson, the next week it's Dugowie, the next week it's a mix, the next week they're mid-score a heap, the next week Jamie Elliott bobs up, the next week Trelaw scores a few. Like, they're, they're, they're almost the most interesting team to talk about because it is so can change at so many, not in a Bevo way, but more in like a, they want to keep that variety through there. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, I mean, this was, he did it again. It was an, it was the same as that 2018 prelim. From the minute the ball bounced, this game felt like, it honestly felt like a grand final or, or as a minimum a prelim. It, it felt really like, but in a good way, scrappy, finals tension really early. like it just felt like this felt like a final like they all did but this yeah. really did like this you know Real was a line in the sand like a pre- this is this was like a prelim uh, slash grand final uh, yeah one or the other I don't, if, this, if this was the grand yeah. final i mean you'd be very happy like this was cox was incredible he absolutely was murdering um his opponent and you know i the first, so we'll start it off in the beginning. We'll obviously keep talking about the pies a little bit more. But so into the first quarter, four goals straight. So they've been inaccurate at times this year and they don't miss. Four goals to one goal two. So Eagles really, really slow start. Kelly looked terrible to start, which was a massive concern early on because he's been in really good form. That was partly why we both went with the Eagles. We were like, well, you know, Kelly, Nat Nui, Shepard, Gaff, all these guys, you know, they're, 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 they want to win a flag. You know, I know that they, they absolutely should. They, they, I mean, it's really cr- when you watch this side, it really and points at this game. It's like, how did this team not make top four? It's like they they stuffed up so many games. It's like, are you joking? This team lost to the Gold Coast. Like, I know the Gold Coast have been better this year, but what what a busted ass! Like, how did they not get the double chance? It's it's just yeah. it is absolutely that's that's embarrassing that they they didn't win enough games, but. And that was what Adam Simpson said after the game. He was just like, well, you know, we only got ourselves to blame. We threw away a good three to four games. That was what he said. So, yeah. but yeah, like, Absolutely. I mean, 
Pies did exactly what you need to do in WA is silence the crowd straight up because they're, they're, it was super loud, big crowd. They were way more efficient. They were playing lights out from the start. Like it's almost as though like the first quarter looked like a third quarter in a really good game. It didn't look it didn't look like a normal game. Like it just started like scrappy. I know like scrappy in terms of like that, you know, lots of tackling and like hard pressure and stuff, but it had that as well. But it also had a lot of like efficiency and cleanliness as well. Um, just crazy pace from the beginning. Like it was just so, so much fun to watch. It was optic. It had absolutely everything. Had everything for the defensive people and the offensive people. It was just crazy. Yeah, mate, this is the most highly skilled game um, for, of the year. Easily, easily. easily. Um, to, so, yeah, from an aesthetics viewing point of view, hands down, um, best game of footy for, for the entire year. Um, and, yeah, look, look, the Pies, we did um, say that they we, – we did give them a chance and they had to play their best football, which they did, um, yeah. and we knew they would. I, I thought, like, Trelaw, he, he, he was fantastic, um, and Taylor Adams, like – that that engine room. Um, I mean, consider the missing side bottom. Like how much, how much, or how far would they go if he he's playing like a completely different um, kettle of fish uh, with an extra mid? But um, yeah, side bottom and tail Adams obviously uh, got things going from the get go. Um, I thought my check was outstanding, um, and I can't believe he still hasn't got a got a contract at Collingwood at the moment. But that's a whole other. Uh, Whole other story. Foot to go was um, okay. Um, obviously, has missed a bit of footy uh, in the back end of this season. But uh, I'll look. You wouldn't want to come up against Collingwood this weekend um, after what they just produced. I, I think they win. I think Richmond. I think Richmond um, get through over St Kilda, and then I, I, as we'll talk about in the preview. But then I reckon, I reckon Geelong are in trouble. This team looks is playing on the absolute edge. If they play like that, there's no way Geelong win. If they play at that level, I cannot see Geelong beating them, I'll be honest. Yeah, they're too fast. Too fast. Too fast for Geelong, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, defence, Dacos, oh, defence, um, was outstanding. Dacos doesn't play in defence, but he was outstanding yeah. um, up forward. He just, he, he started to show glimpses of his old man. He's got oh. really good... Um, Football now, so he understands what's going on in parts of the ground. So his decision making um, is, is excellent. He's probably, uh, I'm talking about right now, but he's probably second to Pendlebury in that team about his ability to slow the game down and make the right decision yep. with his disposals um, for someone who's so young. I'm not saying he's number two in that team. I just where he's at as far as development goes, I, I think he can turn into oh. that type of um, player. So, yeah, so, uh, I thought Grundy was better as well. I think that was probably his, one well, of his better games without dominating. Let's talk about Grundy. Yeah, well, that's it. Let's talk about the Ruck situation in general. I mean, there's so much to discuss out of this game. It's got the most talking points of it for sure because it was, it was, as I agree with you, 100% it's the best game of the year. What, what did you think? So I think Darcy Cameron did extremely well against Nanui. I know he struggled at, at times, but that tap late, Holding it down, dragging it to the ground, just getting it out to Dugowie, oh, not Dugowie, sorry, um, Trelaw, and then freeing it out to Adams. That 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 is so much fun to watch. I, like we're recording, I should have said at the start. It's like an hour plus in. We're recording this Sunday night. Um, 
I was going to watch the game again tonight if we were going to record it Monday because it was uh, uh, very rarely do you watch a game and I'm like, I actually cannot wait to watch that again. But that that's, that set play was amazing. But just under the ruck situation, so Grundy, I agree. I think he was quite good. He played like 64% or 63% of game time. The, not criticism, but I guess the you know questions today were like, well, like at key times he was on the bench, right? And And... and the start of the third quarter and another time when there was like 10 points down, like I, I, I didn't, I haven't had time, to, according to Sunday nights, I don't have time to notate specifics like that. But Grundy um, was off, you know, through key periods. And then he went with Cameron. One of the theories, and I want to get your opinion on this, but one of the theories in relation to why that was, was to try and gradually steep in terms of tiring Nat Nui out. So when Grundy would come in, he'd be super fresh and really attack. Yeah. And then Cameron would hold ground and do as best as he could. Do you think that's why Buckley went with that? It, it, well, in watching it live, I was like, is Buckley drunk? Like, what is going on with their 10 points? But the game was crazy. Like, it was high emotion. So, I, I don't know. What, what What do you think about that? Like, yeah, Well, I'm not going to dismiss it because it makes a lot of logical stance. Yeah. I, I just think, though, Grundy's season has been down and they can't afford not to play him. I reckon he's got a real minor niggle somewhere and he's been playing the season with a, a, a little niggle, not anything major, obviously, because he can play, but I think he's been at probably 92% or 90% all year. So coming into finals, he's probably only at about 85% uh, of his capacity because he hasn't really taken on a game at all this year like we've seen him for the last two or three years, which is unusual for, for, for a ruck um, yeah. considering so many other rucks have dominated the games this year uh, because of the nature of the way it's been played and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, so, yeah, looks smart. And the other thing is, I mean, having a fresh Grundy going into a, a, a semi is, is an added bonus um, when you're coming up against a team that doesn't have a notable ruckman. So, yeah, a little, a little bit of everything. But, look, if that was Barkley's um, sort of tactic, it worked really well. I thought, yeah, Dyson Cameron was... More than serviceable, um, and he's going to be a good backup over the next few years. Well, he's so young; he hasn't played that many games. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I 100 percent agree, and I thought that too. I mean, you know, it, it, I'd be very naive to say that clubs don't lie. Obviously, they do, but they say they're saying that he doesn't have an injury. But I, I yeah. wonder whether NFL football clubs lie. Yeah, exactly. What? What? <laughs> but I, I wonder though whether it's something in the middle, and I think you, you hit onto it there. I wonder whether it's it's not necessarily that he's got an injury. I wonder whether there's some sort of maybe like he's given the feedback and you know Brenton Sanderson or you know other line coaches have pointed out, and then you know in 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 obviously liaising with him that once he gets past a certain amount of minutes per quarter, because that's what it did look like. They were staggering his minutes through quarter. So mm-hmm. I do wonder whether it's like an inflammation or something gets worse. If he keeps pushing it, and then it could turn into an injury. So I wonder whether they've consulted yeah. them, and then you would know this a bit more, you know, doing running coaching and, and more on the medical side. But whether, like, you know, there's something afoot, or I, I don't know where, whether there's something, you know, that that's at, the more minutes he plays, the harder it gets. And maybe he's taken some painkillers to, to move through it, and it works. Um, we'll probably never find out. If we'll probably only find out yeah. if they win the flag. But I mean, it's it'd be yeah, very very interesting. I think that's more likely what it is. I don't think it's because you look at the way he moves. It doesn't feel like he has an injury, so to speak. Nah, but it feels but, like there's something yeah. else. Sorry, yeah, you, yeah, that probably makes more sense. Um, and 
you're right. I, just from a personal um, perspective, years ago I had really tight um, ICB band, which is the band that runs from your hip down the side of your quad into your knee, and uh, it's a, a common issue with with runners, but all types of athletes, it gets really really tight. And I could run up into for maybe eight k's before the tightness in my knee got so excruciating. I felt like my knee was going to explode. Yeah. Um, so you're right. You probably touched on something that might just be this um, tightness or something that it's not an injury, um, yeah. but it's not going to go away while he continues to play. It probably needs weeks or months of rehab and massage for it to be completely released or whatever it might be um, so you can continue. So, yeah, they, they, you touched on a really good point there. That's probably more more likely that there's just something there that stops him from uh, playing an entire quarter. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily an injury and that's why no. I, I think it's something in the middle. Like I, I hurt my Achilles um, some time ago and I, I did some myotherapy and a few other bits and pieces and it, and it was fine. But I remember like, you know, for a good month or so, any kind of pushing it after a period of time, like this is, it's not uncommon at all. Then it would start to inflame and it would get a lot worse. Yeah. But then I was able to rest it, you know, ice it, do nothing for like four, I think it was about four or five weeks off the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then it was fine again. And then after that, I was able to play tennis again. And, you know, and while, why I say tennis is that, well, it's the sport I tend to play, but also like, you know, you're stopping on your ankles and all that stuff. And that I couldn't do it all. Like I tried playing it like, a weekend, and I was like, no, nah, can't play. Like, there's no, no. way. I am just have to hit it back and forth. There's no way I can do, not that I can obviously do any anything near like a, you know, Novak kind of like sliding like that, but I even like on like a, a one-eighth of that, I, it would hurt. So, yeah, I wonder whether that's something like that. But um, getting back to the game, um, Ryan versus Maynard. So, this, I mean, the game has so many amazing subplots and, and you know, there's some amazing folklore already to it. You know, there's the... The um, Taylor Adams smother, um, they, even that late Duggan goal was amazing. Like it's just there's so many you know stories to this game already. It's amazing the game was like you know 24 hours ago and there's already like folklore to it. But I I, I love we don't really get matchups anymore. And um, you and I always talk about how much of a shame that is. Um, but it, yeah. it's, it's never going to go backwards now with you know behind the goals footage and the way the game's played defensively and all that stuff. So that's it, that's in the bin. But what every now and then you do get it to some degree. Liam Ryan versus Maynard, amazing. And that, that rivalry in the 2018 Grand Final was so much fun. Um, and obviously since then, like that absolute like Michael Jordan level of sass from Liam Ryan to hold the ball out, like <laughs> just, just um, what do you call it? Uh, Mazombo. Mazombo style level. I, I put that gif out. I'm like Liam Ryan right now. Like he was just like absolute you know, next level. Um, so that, that was, but it was so much fun. That's um, ridiculously good tackle as well um, later in the game from, from Maynard. I love Maynard. He's so much fun to watch. He's such a good player. Um, yeah, I like, I like crazy people. I'm he's crazy. Good. They're, they're good to watch, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to interview him. Like, he's a fascinating oh. guy. He seems like a really interesting dude. We should, should try and yeah. track him down. But, yeah, look, I, I, I like a few things. So, I mean, we'll keep going through the pies, but... There's a lot to talk about with the Eagles, but my check's ability, and I, I agree with you. I think you said earlier, um, my check, they've just got to sign him. I think they will. It sounds like the my check deal is done in principle. So they've, you know, shaken hands. It's not official yet because we don't know the numbers, but numbers, it sounds yeah. like he's going to get, he'll get more. So he's going to get probably more like 
mid fives to sixes, whereas it, originally it was looking more like mid fours to fives. So he's, he's going to get paid. We're going to, and he deserves it. He's a star. But you know, this guy has come come from nowhere as well. His story is fascinating. But um, that aside, it's another whole whole rabbit hole. But his um, ability to drag the numbers away from Cox as well was was fantastic. Uh, obviously, Cox had that that huge. Period, and then then what that did was it obviously hit the scoreboard, and you know Cox, it was like you know Channel Seven were playing Born in the USA as they came back from commercial, like it was absolutely crazy. But then the other thing that was like amazing about it too was it completely threw the West Coast defence in the air, like they were all like, "What do we do now? Who do we match up on him? If we shut him down, then is my check going to get off the chain?" Like it was such a fascinating, like watching them try and figure it out. Um, you know, Kelly built through the game. I said before, he did start really poorly, but then like he did get better and better through the game. I mean, let's, I, I agree with what you said. Um, I've gone back to the Eagles for a second, but just just on Collingwood for a second before we go um, and into the game more generally. Mm-hmm. his goal late was, was amazing, but I agree. I 100% agree with you. I think he wasn't great. Like, I, I think he, he does go missing in games. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's... I don't want to can him too much. Um, he, he's expect, the expectation on him is is sky like sky high, but yeah. he he just there's too much Jake Stringer about him for me at the moment. And when he goes missing, it, it's not good. Yeah, um, for Collingwood um, and not good for a person watching the game. You just you, these types of players that are elites and as far as their skills and, and match winning ability. You want to see him play or near their best week in, week out. And that's why, obviously, we, we rave on about um, players like Martin and um, Pendlebury and these types of guys because they bring their, their A game week in, week out. They very rarely have a bad game unless they get chopped out by um, a tag or a better player on the day. So, yeah, yeah disappointing. Whether, whether he's still not match fit, that might be part of it. But, yeah, look, that goal was very, very good. Um and a bit like, to a lesser extent, uh, Jade Stevenson. Um, he he looks like he's an outlier in that Collingwood team. They don't seem to like him. They don't don't want to give him the football. And then when he when he does get it, he seems to well, a lot of the time he looks fairly selfish. There's um, there's talk the that he's going. That's that, yeah. that that that's going to be the squeeze. So because they're obviously stacked and he can get more at another team with the behavioural stuff over the last little bit. But then also, um, my understanding is Moore's definitely going to get done. That deal will get official. Uh, my check will get official. It sounds like they're pretty close to figuring something out with Dugowie. It's going to be less, but they'll, they'll figure something else out. Even if they can get him for two or three years, um, have a real crack at a flag um, over the next little bit. He's so young, next little period. And, and then he could really cash in in two or three years' time when he turns 27, 28, and then go to a north and get you know, whatever he wants, really. Like, you know, make the check up, really. So, you think North is going to be around in three years, do you? Well, that's nice optimistic, I guess. That's true. <laughs> Poor North. I, I actually really want to talk trade because there's been a few things, but we don't have time. But, um, yeah, no. so, look, I, I, game overall, you know, Cox, obviously amazing. He, he did a really good job dragging the defenders away later in the game once it became very obvious they wanted to go through him. That was everybody was like, it's so funny how much people don't realise how much football's changed. They were like, go to Cox on Twitter, like, go to him again, another one, another one. And it's like, go to him again, Dunstall, I want to see, you know, I saw some intrigued Fred Fanning uh, Fred Fanning alert 
you know, the guy that kicked, what did he kick, 18 goals? Like yeah, 9 Nine and one or whatever it was. And it was like, you know, mate, this is not going to happen. They can't play like that anymore. Like, they'll shut him down. They'll, they'll double-team him. But then that doesn't matter. You go through somebody else. But... Yeah, I mean, look, wow. Like, ridiculous sass from Ryan. Um, Pies had incredible ability to silence that crowd. This did end-to-end, ridiculous pace. Um, I mean, what did you think about the only, like, there were a few, like, what got the Eagles back into the game, I think, was was laziness at times from Collingwood's defensive side. And Roughhead really fell away. Like, there was a period there where it was like, I was like, where is he? Like, I haven't seen him on the screen for so long, and I know they do such tight angles, but I'm like, where is this man? Like, I have not seen him for so long. He was okay in the end, but that's being a little bit kind. I, I Yeah. Geez, he, he absolutely gave, gave a few away. I don't know whether he's super underdone or like... Yeah, I thought it was unusual too, um, to be honest. Like, the rest of the defensive... Uh, components of Collingwood were good, but yeah, Roughhead, he he looked like a liability too often. Um, and obviously, Kennedy and, and Darling, or Kennedy in particular, in the back or second half particular, started to light up a little bit and could have been the, the game changer. But yeah, huge effort to get, have to back over this, like huge effort by Darcy Cameron late in that contest. Like that, oh. that is an incredible set. That is an amazing... Like, I wrote down in my notes, I literally wrote down, this is peak football. Like, there was that period where it was so pure and so skillful and so... It just had every blood, sweat and tears into that. Like, it was just mm. so, so good. Um, so, obviously, that that's the pies, which we could, we could probably go even further. But that, let's leave it because they're going to play next week. But with the Eagles now with the aftermath of this, so, like, now... You know, I guess firstly, was it the right decision to bring back that amount of players? I, I don't think Shuey looked great. I don't think, like, like, what do you think about that? Like, that whole crew that came back in? Yeah, again, it's, yeah. No, I, I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, obviously, it's a cutthroat final. You win, you go through, you lose, you're out. So if you lose, you're always going to look bad. Yeah. But I don't, I, I still don't agree. Um, bringing in that many wholesale changes into a form. I, I, I can't remember it ever working for a team. Um, and obviously it didn't work this time around. I, I thought, yeah, Shuey uh, was like he was a few years ago when it came to finals, went missing. Um, McGovern obviously was a little bit off uh, as well. Hearn, um, I can't remember whether he was come in, but I know he's been injured throughout the year. He, he was he good. Yeah. Slow. He didn't come in, he was in the side, but yeah, he did. At times yeah. he looks slow. Um, and bad, um, sorry, I was slow. just going to say, very bad um, discipline at times as well. Gave away a few um, Yeah, politics. so, um, yeah, it was it was, it was very interesting uh, decision, but, oh, look, oh, I don't know. It, it's interesting that um, Kelly was brought into deep in this midfield and he, um probably being a little bit harsh. I don't think he's had a big enough impact. No. Uh, at West Coast this year. Not yeah. for the money he's on, not for anything, not regardless of what money he's on. He's, he hasn't brought anything to this, to this team uh, that they didn't already have, except taking up a spot on the list. They miss Yo massively. Like that, oh. That I, I and I don't think it can be understated how much. Like just, just uh, the other thing too is like they lost by a point. So let, let, like we like for you know people that are like, geez, yeah. you guys are talking about calling it a lot, but like 
to be fair, like, obviously they won the game, but at the same time, like, I, I get it. Like, this was knife edge. And the last two goals, Jack Darling and Kennedy. So that's the thing, like, I, I get it. that This was so close, it's not funny. One, you know, one of Cox's shots, he, you know, he had a few shots. One of them hits the post that they, they lose the game. But, yeah, like, I mean, as you said, it's really, do, do it I final. Collingwood sent, yeah, and Collingwood came in to the finals just making the finals. Yeah. Whereas West Coast should have finished top two. Oh, uh, they're, easy. Playing at home, they're playing at home with 40,000 screaming fans. Like, everything was in favour of West Coast and, and West Coast winning comfortably. Well, they, that's why that's why you and I have been harsh on it because they need to be dealt harshly. It should never have been this close. They came into this game 7-0. and They hadn't lost a game in the West, so they now finished mm. the season 7-1. and which is still a very good record. Obviously, they lost the one they couldn't lose, but regardless. And then now they, they look back and they absolutely stuffed up the hub completely. And yep. the government obviously didn't do them any favours. I think the way... Look, he Mark McGowan made the decision to win the election over any and, and win it by a landslide, and that's fine. And that's it is what it is. You know, his approval rating is like at 90%. Like, I, I get what he did. And it makes sense, but that that didn't help the Eagles at all through the year. No. Uh, it didn't help. It didn't help Freo at times either. But uh, obviously, West Coast being a team that were you know in in the the running, they could have had they could have had a hub there. Absolutely, they could have had a hub there. But they played their cards like shit, and politically they played it like trash. And he's throwing shade on 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 Gillan McLaughlin. It's like, mate, who, like anyway. It, it's funny. I actually said to somebody yesterday, I was like, if anyone tries to argue to me that this WA chip on the shoulder about the East Coast doesn't exist, I'll, I'll vomit on them. Like, this, this is the most... This whole scenario of, of this year... Clear as daylight. ...has been the ninth symphony of that. It has been the dark side of the moon of it. It is, it is the pierre de resistance of that. It is so ludicrous how, how sad that chip is and how sharp the chip is. It's very sad. But that, that's, look, you know, be sad. Do do your thing over there. It's fine. But, like, the way, way you played your cards, don't throw the toys out of the cot when you play it like trash through all year. That's, that's the reality. Yeah. Don't be a sad sack at the end. Um, but anyway, so, like, Nick Nat, Shepard, Gaff, the three that missed the flag, wow. I actually felt I felt the worst for, um, you know, Gaff, you know, he cracked somebody. I don't feel bad for him. He, he should have played in the grand final. Don't yeah. punch somebody in the face. I don't feel, I'll never feel bad for that guy. But, well, unless something, you know, horrific happens to him. But at this stage, I don't feel bad. Shepard, you know, bad injury. It's, it's you know, he's not as high profile. But Nick Nat, like, that I feel bad. Like, I, I really like Nick Nat. And that, that was, like, far out. This guy, like, oh, it's another year where he could have could have gone deep. They had so many chances. I know they won a lot in the West. But, you know, they lost to the Gold Coast. They lost, they lost. They, we spoke about this about a month or so ago. Their record in the hub was a joke. It was so bad. Oh, <laughs> It's like three ten or something. It was something. It? it was something horrendous. No, no three seven. That high. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was no, bad. It was very bad. Very, very so, sad and bad. Yeah, the, yeah. Before we go back into um, like the game itself, they've got a lot to think about now. West Coast, as far as how their list um, looks. Yeah. Oh, I, for, I, for, I forgot they they got Vardy on that list. Still. Yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. And he and he can't get into that team. Geez, he he'd be a good pickup for a team looking for a run. Maybe he goes back to Geelong. Well, the other, <laughs> yeah, I actually found that strange. Yeah, I guess look, Stanley can be. But this good. goes back to our other 
to go back to our mid-season draft, it would be perfect. I'll tell you what the, the number one thing I find the strangest thing, just I thought about this today and I laughed to myself. The strangest thing about Geelong's ruck positions is North firmly said, no, you can't have gold Goldstein. No, we want 10 first-round picks and a car and a house. We don't, we don't want him. And then now they're like, here's a team. Set fire. They burn the whole team. They don't care. They're like, burn the house down. Let's burn everything. And they're like, let's trade Higgins. Let's trade everybody. Let's anybody with any value. I'll take a, I'll take a like eighth round pick. I'll, I'll, I'll take Mark Neal and, and a packet of chips. I'll take anything. And it's like, like it's just become like, what were you doing? You could actually have got a first and a second last year, and now he's going to walk out. Like it. it it, that's the craziest thing because Geelong should have had um, him there, on, yeah. on and that that all of a sudden then starts to change things a bit. Uh, he's a very very good player, Todd Goldstein. But anyway, that that if we're talking yeah. about like crazy what what ifs. That's the biggest one. It's like you stupid assholes head on yeah. held on to him, and then you set fire to the team the following year. And wow, what a shock that the team like fell off a cliff. Couldn't see that Not coming at all. all. Every man Not and his dog could see it except for them. Anyway. Sorry, absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's get back to the West Coast. Yeah. What, what in your opinion, what worked and what didn't work for them um, last night through twenty twenty or just this game? No, nah, just the game. No, no, we'll talk about their twenty twenty um, in the season reviews. Yeah, I think because that will take a long time <laughs> to discuss. That's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah, I was thinking, do we divide them into sixes or threes this year? And I'm like, I think we might need to do threes. Um, yeah, look, I think I think their pressure at times was really good. It definitely went up and down. I think Nick Nat had a still a, the thing about it too is we spent so much time talking about you know Cameron who which you know who would be thinking we're sitting around talking about Cameron and we, you know we spoke about he you know Nick Nat I think it was like maybe against St Kilda or something or one of those clubs and he like murdered Marshall or like one of these like young rough ones like an English or something like that and completely killed them and you'd think like. Oh, well, was ever going to spend a second on him? But he was he was very very good still. Like that's the thing. Like we can't forget that. Um, I think the injuries just took their toll in the end. I really felt that you know West Coast, and this is more of a general thing, but I really did feel that West Coast had one more win in them. And I know this was only a point, and you know this was a roll of the dice in a lot of respects. But um, I don't know. I think I think like a lot of what they did with Ryan was very good through the game. They weren't fearful. Like in terms of the coaching, they weren't fearful of the tag. Um, from Maynard, I think played that well. I they clearly miss Yo, as I already said, but yeah. you know they stuck with Kelly on the outside, and it did get better. Um, what else did they do right? I mean, I, I still think that like offensively they need another piece, and I know like they're obviously like they've just won a flag, and, and you know, I, and that's the thing. Like you know, maybe you play a Vardy. I, I, I don't know. Like, but then it's like, well, what do you do? You're too tall. It's it's. Very complex. They almost needed like Kennedy to kind of fall off the cliff now and then enter into like, do we go for a Cameron or you know a Danaher or somebody like I don't not I don't know. But it's it's funny like they're kind of at that they're very like West Coast as well. And you can see why they won the eighteen flag because a couple of years younger they were like prime in terms of that balance between older players and mid year players and and, and and entry. But then now there's a f- couple of funny gaps where I do worry and that would they were a bit exposed about that. Um, on the night, so I, it like at, at times I was like, well, like they're scoring because Ruffhead's playing like trash. Do you know what I mean? Like at times I was like, well, that's why West Coast are playing so well. Um, but yeah, I, I I think Kelly's you know massively overpaid, and that deal's going to get redone anyway because of COVID and everything going on. But 
that that original deal was bonkers. Like he was on, well, Christ knows how they can. Uh, it must mean that the second tier players are on like a dollar. But I, I can't understand how you know they can possibly fit that all into the cap. There's a lot of suitcases of money being handed around, but. I think in some respects they played this game very well. Like you know, Duggan I thought was really good. I think he's he, like they should back him. Like he's maybe you know that's the thing. Forget Barty. Maybe you just keep backing Duggan and that that's the right decision. I I, I don't yeah. know. Like I but like it, it's it's cliche. But if Yo plays and Shuey's playing and playing in form because he wasn't in form, in form Shuey. Like, you forget, like, you know, I know the Eagles, you know, go back to that game where he wins in the second overtime over Port Adelaide a couple of years ago. Shuey is is an amazing player. Like, he's a legitimate, proper game winner. Um, but, yeah, I think they need to get a little bit better on the outside. Um, look, the problem, too, is, like, it's hard not to get, get into 2020 football, but we're probably going to... Like, there's a chance we could be in a hub again next year. Not for the whole year, but... It could be like what the NBA, NBA's um, 2021 season looks like in that they'll have a hub for the first like 20 or 30 games, like NBA obviously not anywhere near as long for us, like maybe seven or eight games they might have in Victoria. And then everyone, when the cases are super low, they hopefully they might then split out and then we do, you know, fly and fly out. Who knows? But if that happens... They can't afford to blow that many chances. Like I, I can't believe they lost with the crowd too. Like it, this was a, this was the perfect backs against the wall Collingwood game. This was the 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 backs against the wall game pretty much. Like this was an incredible incredible effort. But I think you know the Eagles did get a lot of stuff right. They're only lost by a point. So like against an extra like a lights out. Collingwood side, but yeah. it's it these finals as we spoke as you pointed out it's it's insanely cutthroat. Like I can't find a heap of areas. We've pointed out a few, but I can't find a stack of them and nothing like glaringly obvious because like they only lost by a point. You know it's it's super yeah. super tight. But this is the thing. It's, it's do or die. Um, but yeah, look, I think that they're, they're going to be a huge threat again next year. Um, another off season in some of their younger players and then getting a lot of their talent back. I think they said... Do they get Willie Rioli back? Is it next year that he can play again? There was that, another year? I, I don't think that's been... I, I, I can't remember, I'll be honest. I, I think I think Asada clarified something recently, but I, I think it gave as much clarity as an Asada statement would, which is nothing. Uh-huh. So I think nothing. It, it, it told us virtually nothing. I, I don't think so. Um, so maybe another small forward would be would could be a bit of an option. I, I don't know. Like they're so they're such a rich, powerful club, and they've already got so many yeah. great players in the list. That they'll, they'll go deep again next year, but they cannot. Yeah, they need to get it in their heads that there that it's likely that there will be a, a percentage of next year that they're playing away. So yeah. they need, and even if like you know, just count them as away games, right? So let's say next year they they in the off season they say we are going to be playing. Just even just pretend, like get it into their heads. We are maximum going to play six games in Perth, which is probably not the case. But just just say to them, like that that's the mindset that you need to be in. Don't think we're going to play, you know, 12, 13 games. After what's happened, they're not getting a hub next year. The hub won't be there. It'll be in Victoria because it's cheaper. If the cases are low, it'll be here because there's hard, there's most 10 teams are here. So it's, you know, that's a lot more. And you've got, you got two grounds to utilise within yeah. the CBD. And Punt Road can be played as well. Punt Road's an, uh, like it's not got that much crowd there. They can fit fifteen thousand there, but it's yeah, it's not. Icon Park can fit twenty three thousand, twenty two thousand. 
Oh yeah, you got cut. Yeah, you got plenty of grants. So that's you a, you've, you've actually you got a few it. options. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah. I, it'd be here. There's no way. The only reason it wasn't here was because we had a shitload of cases. But um, anyway, so that's look. That's it was an incredible game. Game for the ages, really. And yeah, yeah I mean, one in this this awesome rivalry. It in this ridiculous rivalry, and it did have just some absolutely stupid. Ends. You know, the, the last one, two, three, f- the last four scores were all goals. And when you think about that at the end of a game, bang, 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 at the end of a game, like, it's just, it was so ridiculous. It was exhausting to watch. And particularly, it was such a shame. I don't know what you thought about this, but I guess we wouldn't have been able to record in, in this respect. But in a little bit of a shame, it was so late. I was starting to get a little bit tired towards the back end as well. But at the same time, two games back to back. Like, it almost felt like this game today would have meant we're recording Sunday night, would have meant it had a bit more air. And I mean, it was fine. Like, I, I it would, and, yeah. And both games are high, were so high paced as well. That was the other thing. So, that, it was exhausting. I, I drank a lot of beer. Yeah. I had to keep up with them. <laughs> I did, I must admit, I did get into the old rose yeah. through this. Yeah, uh, nice. Given the, given the heat, but also was, the exhaustion. It was very good, though. Like, it, it was exhausting, but. Um, as I said, I've been waiting for finals for oh, probably a month or so now, so it's nice to nice to be here. Yeah, but so many chapters through this game, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Like you know that gap in the third quarter where you know the Eagles really slowed down. They thought they'd done enough. Pies weren't damaging enough, and it just it just had everything. It was an amazing boxing match of a game. So. Yeah, absolutely. That is, um, any questions, um, please hit us up. Obviously, with all four of those games, we absolutely could have gone around a whole bunch of different avenues. Um, hit us up at AFL Deep Dive on any social media, afldeepdive at gmail.com. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hops to Home. Hops to Home is a delicious craft beer delivery service. You can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Um, great way to try craft beer, particularly in the current climate. Um, also, check out Beyond the Game TV. Um, fantastic sports producer that works with us. Um, great content he's got at the moment. NBA Finals, obviously, um, heading to Game 3 tomorrow, I think, 10.30 Australian time. Um, looks like the Lakers are going to sweep, but he's got some really interesting NBA content, UFC, um, tennis, various other stuff that's still still continuing because, obviously, AFL is heading towards the back end now. Yeah, thank you for Thank you for time. listening and viewing and checking us out. Uh, We'll uh, do it all again soon for the semi-final preview. That's it. We'll see you for the preview. See you guys. Cheers, guys. Bye.